Hello and welcome to Shoot the Breeze, where we take a nostalgic look at a random football magazine from the past. I'm Andy Smith, aka Scotch Footy Cards on Twitter, and with me is Tom Brogan. Hello! And joining us this week is Simon Weir. Hello! In each episode, we'll invite a special guest to join us in trawling through the magazine and discuss anything contained within it. This could be anything from an article, to a photograph, to a competition, to an advert. Basically, if it's in it, we'll talk about it. So sit back and let's shoot the breeze. Wriggles clear. Might just get the chip and he does his score! And this week we're joined by one of Scotland's best known and most enduring comedians and entertainers, Andy Cameron, MBE. How you doing? All right. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. That's broken, by the way. Were you a football player? (laughs) No. No, 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 because it was was a boy Brogan played for Clyde Bank for a while. Uh, a way back, you know, it's, there was buttons in the ball, that shows you how long ago it was. Well, <laughs> my dad's name is Jim Brogan, and he yeah. often get mistaken for Jim Brogan. Well, uh, river, Jim Brogan and, yeah. and he traded on it, on the time, when he corrected it, and he was getting a free pint or a half, he wouldn't be able to correct But at that point, he's telling stories, isn't yeah. 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 I remember the time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, this um, podcast, we have a shoot magazine from the 19th of April, 1980. And, you know, normally we try and take random magazines, but we've sort of um, been a wee bit clever with this one because of what's inside. So Engineered it a wee bit. Yeah, just a wee bit. But we'll, we'll, we'll do, start off as we, we normally do, just looking at the front cover. And it has a picture of Sammy McElroy of Man United versus Mick Mills of Ipswich Town, and both are vying for the ball. And it's a Minerva red and white ball. I love that Jeez, football. Yeah. I love that football. It just, it just looks great. Those sort of balls just look great when they're moving as well, I think. Um, the Man United kit is an Admiral one, um, red shirt, black shorts and socks. Ipswich Town are wearing an Adidas kit, both classic designs. Um, I mean, that Adidas one is the, the three mm. stripes, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, other th- features mentioned on the front page, they have a Nottingham Forest team group, and that's a centre page spread. We have action from Spain versus England in colour. And Jack Charlton's kept his promise. Sheffield wa- manager Jack Charlton looks like leading his team to promotion. They also mentioned two new series within the magazine, a European Championship captains and story of the tournament, and the previews the English FA Cup and the Scottish FA Cup semi-finals. And it says, still the number one in football. So, you know, again, I think they're feeling the heat of match magazine coming <laughs> on the scene a wee bit, but um, they're still number one. So... Pages two, three, and four deal with the English FA Cup semi-finals between Arsenal, Liverpool, and West Ham and Everton. Now, unless anybody specifically wants to look at any of these, I'm just going to bypass that to the good Aye, aye, sure, because... So straight to page five, and the straight away, we're, we're into this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, page five, sh- should take a look at the Scottish Cup semi-finals, and famous Scottish comedian... Andy Cameron looks into it. I mean, can I just say, ladies and gentlemen at home, Andy Cameron <laughs> looking at a picture of Bobby Lennox. <laughs> no, see, see, see my that hair picture. As long as that. See that? You, it's only showing my head, right? Let me explain that picture to you. He's naked yeah, from yeah, your yeah. I am actually, and I'll tell you why. Apparently, Alec McGregor opened a gym in uh, the Candle Rigs in Glasgow, and he, he asked myself, Mister Amy Ben Gunn. 
a few years to come along, you know, to get pictures taken uh-huh. and everything. And uh, Ian Torrance, who was a photographer with the Daily Record at the time, said, Andy, do us a favour, you know, give an idea for a picture. And I says, why don't I get into the shower, right, and you catch me coming out? <laughs> and he went, no, I said, I, I'll cover it up, you know. <laughs> anyway, in what way? I says, I'll put my bonnet over it. And he went, I try that, right. So I'm, and he was standing watching me, right. So that was fine. And there was no mobiles at that time. Yeah. I'm sitting in the house about four o'clock in the afternoon, and Ian turns phones me, he says, hey, are you all right to appear on page three tomorrow in the Daily Record? <laughs> and I went, what are you talking about? It says, Andy, they want that picture at page three. So the, the bird with the big bahookies, she get put <laughs> off. And then I'm standing there. The sequel to that story is Jim Blair, who used to write in the Daily Record, he was a pal of mine, and he used to do the programme for Partick Thistle. Yeah. So Rangers are at Partick Thistle, and somebody says, see you're in the programme, right? It's, it's Jim Blair's piece. <laughs> and it's, it says 40, right? And he's, he's done a, a piece about coming to Fir Hill with the Rangers, blah, blah, blah. And he's sitting at the book, and I thought it was brilliant. He says, by the way, the bonnet's a five and a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a 40. Yeah, that's a 40. <laughs> so, um, so Andy looks into each of the games and predicts, no joking, an old firm final. That is brilliant. So it says, Andy brilliant. Cameron, one of Scotland's best known comedians alongside Billy Conley. I mean, that's some accolade that. Admits to being football crazy and, of course, had a number one hit two years ago with We're On The March With Ali's Army. I didn't, that, that's news to me, that song. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but, um, the, wise, the wise-cracking jokester also admits to being totally unbiased. He doesn't mind who wins on Saturday as long as they play in the blue and white. Their home ground is Ibrook Stadium. Their manager is John Gregg and their captain is Derek Johnson. Ooh, See what we mean about being unbiased? <laughs> so Andy says, when Shoot first asked me to do this interview, I was delighted. Let's face it, they the choice of thousands of comedians. I tried to watch them playing football most Saturdays. So it's just good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, believe me, I didn't write it. <laughs> yeah. So the semi-finalists were uh, Rangers and Aberdeen at Parkhead, and Celtic played Hibs at Hamden. So Andy goes on and says, the games will be tight. Celtic fans will no doubt rush to remind me when some wee team from Berwick knocked out the famous Glasgow Rangers in the cup. Big Jock Wallace was in goal for Berwick that day, and some of the Rangers players must have known he'd eventually be the Rangers gaffer, as they stayed in his good books that day. Listen, can I just interrupt you, Andy? See, see that day, the, yeah. the Berwick day? I was driving an 18 bus for Springburn to Burnside. Come down Hope Street, it was two ways at that time, under the Helaman's umbrella. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I mean, there's no uh, communication. I don't know how the, the game's yeah, gone, yeah. right? And I stop, and a guy turns away for the paper seller with a big green citizen. Right, he's obviously a horsey man because he's going right to the back page, and the big black, you know, two-inch uh, headline, Rangers out. I knew it was Berwick <laughs> Rangers, by the way. So I jumped out the bus, <laughs> and I went sick at Brigton Cross. <laughs> I said, "I'm sick. I'm going home." I'll never forget that day. Jeez, oh. Yeah. So you say anything can happen in the cup. I love the magic of it. Aberdeen have worked us over more than a few times this season. It's going to be revenge time on Saturday. I wouldn't re- mind a repeat of the same fixture 10 years ago. I was at Parkhead. I was working as a delivery man with a sweets firm and got time off to go and support the lads. And it was the first time I'd been in Celtic end of the ground. It was strange without Celtic coming out in the tunnel. Rangers and Aberdeen at Parkhead. Yes, definitely a bit strange. Aye. 
Rangers walked that one 6 1. Although Celtic went on to win the final 4 0. Um, so we're hoping that you will play against them, but the four line scoreline will be reversed. It says, Cam Mr. Cameron here has some kind words for the Aberdeen manager. It says, Alex Ferguson, he can't be all that bad because he used to play for the Jairs. <laughs> his, his attitude shows throughout the team. He wasn't the prettiest footballer to watch. We used to say if you took off his elbows, he'd lose all the natural ability and have to quit the game. But he was determined and ambitious, and that's rubbed off on his players at Petaudry. I think that says a lot about Alex Ferguson. Can I tell you something about Alex Ferguson? When I, when I was doing, uh, there used to be an oil week in Aberdeen, mm. uh, and it was one of these weeks, I could do three gigs a day. Yeah. You know, because I was on the telly and everything, Alex Tartan Army and whatever, uh, they were saying, right, could you come into the car showroom and do that kind of stuff. Yeah. It was one of the, the weeks. Anyway, uh, Fergie says to me, come down, he says, and, and wind Miller and McLeish up about the Rangers, you know, come down and get the stovies and the plate of soup. And I used to get in and he go, right, okay, wind him up. And then I, that was when I found out that he wouldn't allow the Aberdeen edition of a daily record into Petaudry because he spoke about Aberdeen, right? <laughs> get the Glasgow edition so that they can see what they're yeah. saying that Rangers and Celtic are going to do everything and they're hopeless, you know that? And it, so him and Archie Knox used to, you know, have a, a game at Heady Tennis and one of the apprentices would umpire it with a chair. I mean, sat about four feet up and the boy <laughs> sat on it. Anyway, they were away to Forfar to play in a, a, a 16s tournament or something. He says, right, you're the umpire, right? I'm sitting at the top of this chair like a wally. <laughs> and the two of them are it and kicking it and heeding And it's, it's 10 each. <laughs> Next one's the winner. Archie Knox nods it right into the corner. I went, that's it. 11-10 for Archie. Get to... I said, oh, oh. <laughs> I says, it's in. It's out. It's in. It's out. And we had, he said, get to... Don't come back, right? I go back to the hotel, I'm having a nap before I get it and eat my, my dinner. Phone rings, you all right? I went, aye, he said, you're coming in for the stove. <laughs> <laughs> he hated getting loose, yeah. getting beat yeah. anything, you know? But I'll tell you, what a difference he made. It's like Jock Steen going to Celtic, mm -hmm. you know, it's uh, Mourinho in his early days and Klopp coming to Liverpool. Uh, it's, it's amazing. It's like, it's like you say about the, the no light in the Aberdeen version, and he cultivated that, didn't he? About, aye. About... Glasgow, oh, Glasgow, absolutely. It's a, it's a place absolutely. To so back on this, um, so Cameron, Andy, I feel it's strange seeing Cameron here you know, uh, sitting right beside me, but he also, also had some. <laughs> <laughs> he also had some advice for Big Bomber Colin Jackson. He says Colin's got so much white in his hair at the moment that I have suggested that he signs for St Mirren sometime in the future. The black and white stripes in their shirts would match his head perfectly. Listen, look, no, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Andy, I'm sorry. <laughs> See, he clearly didn't write this. That's a dirty kid. But Rangers and Partick Thistle again at Fir Hill, uh, sitting, and there's a bear, a big bear at the back of us. And he was one of them, you know, he never shut up, right? And every time Jackson passed it to Forsyth, he goes, yeah, on you go to Carmel Wafers. That's it, on you go. I, no, I don't get it, you know, I've not got that. Half time. On you go to cat and I turned around and said, All right, big man. I said, You got me. I said, The caramel wafers. He says, hey, Jackson and Forsyth. I says, What's the caramel? 
It says grey and done. I went, oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 because I was doing uh, Sandy Jarvis' testimonial, right? Uh -huh. And I'm doing an auction and the two of them are at the same table. Brilliant. And I'm going, oh, there they are, the caramel wafers. You know, the caramel wafers, grey and done. <laughs> Big tamper <laughs> size stood up. <laughs> I'll tell you, I had to beat Gary Stevens at the door. <laughs> well, it's amazing when you go to football matches, you hear these. Uh, it's, yeah. I think that's all gone now, yeah. you know. So, um, the Celtic Hibs are the other semi-final on this. And he says, Hibs began the season badly and then faded away. However, they've still got to the semi-final of the Cup, so they can't be all bad. Hibs made it tough for Rangers in the Cup final last season. And it took the Teddy Bears three games and a couple of bouts of extra time before right. they beat them. But I can't see Celtic fail to get into the final. I don't want to sound like a traitor, but I admire Celtic. Seems a bit like a traitor to me, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> me too, yeah. yeah. I, said, I never said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the line about Lord Lucan hiding in the hips forward. Like <laughs> <laughs> See, a certain George so Best, a certain George Best, or should that be George Pest, will be lining up for Hibs, and that should be interesting. I think Celtic will book their place at Hamden. One thing I'd like to say is I wish both semi-final ties to be played away from Hamden and keep the National Stadium for the spectacle of the final. I think that's an ongoing thing as well. Aye, I mean, yeah, should always I'd, be I'd that. still like to see yeah. that. Yeah. So Andy finishes, enjoy your football and don't forget, it doesn't matter who wins the league or the cup, Rangers are always the best team in the world. You sure you never wrote this? I definitely. <laughs> it sounds like it. Yeah. But I'll tell you, you remember that final? That was the, uh, the infamous final. Yeah. Where all the fans come onto the field at the end and exchange mm. gifts. Here is a bottle. Remember. Remember, there was the Polish horses, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And Vanya was a woman. Remember that? Oh, I don't know. Aye, she was the first mounted police. Well, she was the first one in the horse. Uh, and she she was, I mean, was having it. It was just one of these, you know. One of these days you'll never forget. I, I'll tell you something. This is absolutely true. What part of the picture you I, I can't take it, by the way. <laughs> I, I can't I can't take getting beat. Yeah. Uh, so one night, I'm, I think it might have been extra time, I don't know. Because, I remember the yeah. goal, George McCluskey. Yeah, yeah. uh, come off George McCluskey's heel. Danny McGrain had shot at goal and come off yeah. George McCluskey's heel. And went into the opposite corner for where Peter McCoy was diving, which is not an unusual for big Peter. <laughs> but, so it goes right into the corner. I'm right down the stairs, there's no way we're coming back. And I'm working in a place, uh, Armadale, right? And I walk in, the guy, Scotty, says to me, eh, you all right? I said, I'm all right. I said, sick of the result now. He says, what about the, the carry on at the end? And I said, what are you talking about? You missed the whole thing? I, I missed the whole thing. Because, you know, the, the telly goes off when yeah, they just yeah. get me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wayne's getting a cupboard. <laughs> anyway, it's one of them. Yeah, I go, and he says, come on through. That's a Whatever, at nine o'clock news coming, can you believe it? Yeah. It's like, what's a battle scene? There's no doubt mm -hmm. about it, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's a photo on here that shows, um, well, we spoke about the one where you're having a good laugh there, and it's, it's great to get the, the backstory to that. The other photo shows Jackie McNamara of Hibs tackling Roy Aitken of Celtic, and I think that's Alan Sneddon in the back. Yeah, it looks it? like him, yeah. aye, aye. Um, and just a spoiler, we'll talk about the game. So Derek Johnson scored in 75 minutes um, against Aberdeen. It was enough to see them off in front of 44,000 in the semi-final. Celtic would thrash Hibs 5-0 in the other semi-final, leading to the Old Firm final at Hamden on the 10th of May, 1980, just as you predicted. So <sighs> I think, I mean, it was a pretty easy prediction. Aye, I know it was, aye. So the final would be remembered for all the wrong reasons, as we're talking about, with the game going into extra time. 107th minute, George McCluskey goal was enough. Unfortunately, the game was marred by the, the rival fans on the pitch. 
one of the main factors that was determined to have attributed to the problems was alcohol leading to the, the ban in Scottish football. Which no is about it. Absolutely no doubt about it. I mean, there was a guy, uh, I think he's got, he was a photographer with... Uh, Eric Craig. Eric Craig. Let's see. A Rangers supporter battered him early heat mm. with a, a champagne bottle or whatever it was. But and he was in hospital. He nearly lost his life. And, and Eric was a Rangers supporter, you know, and I, I'll never forget that feeling. What kind of people are they? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I was at a game on Thursday night and, I mean, they're miles ahead of us, you know, the, mm. the, the German team. Uh, and at the end, somebody says, where did the bottle come from? I don't know. It was a half bottle. The German guy unscrewed it and emptied it, which was good for him, you know. <laughs> uh, but, and, and McCoy's apparently said on television, he's a, a moron, you know, and it's it's true. Yeah. I don't know what we're going to do about it, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it certainly hasn't proved. Oh, you know, yeah. But I mean, it still happens. You still get random things. You still get the coins. Yeah. You still get, but you still oh, get lighters. It's just lighters. It's just that mentality that yeah. I've never been in a situation where I've gone to throw some something and continued throwing. I've maybe yeah. I've maybe went ah and stopped. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it's like, but yeah. you don't think I'm going to throw a coin at somebody. I'm going to throw a bottle at somebody. Ibrox, nineteen, I think it would be sixty-eight or sixty-nine. Rangers and Celtic, and a bottle comes out the enclosure. And it lands on it between the white line and the track. It's a bit of grass, right? Tom Gamble runs up, picks the bottle up. Aye. There was a tap on it, kidding on it, a drink on it. Get around the applause. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, things that, that like that. takes it, takes wind out of the sails, doesn't Maybe it? Henderson, and he tells you the story. Willie Henderson still tells you the story about him and Gamble. Gamble would put him up in the air and, and then he'd help him up. Yeah, and yeah. He'd say, I'll see you in Reeds after the game. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that kind of thing, Aye. you know? Jimmy Jones, <laughs> Craigie. Greggy's put him on the track. I think we were the park at the time. We were right, the track. And Greggy's put him onto the, the track for the third time. And he's got up and he sort of dusts himself and he says to Greggy, are you trying to intimidate me? Oh, man. That's great, Okay, so we'll move on to page six now. So this is Tartan Talk with Derek Johnson. So, I mean, we spoke about this before about how the older magazines, you know, up to maybe the mid eighties, early eighties, so much Scottish content in them all, and even from this, I know it's a semi-final special, but it's still there's a lot of Scottish it's content in them all. So page six, starting talk with Derek Johnson, and it says we'll master the dons. So again, they're talking about the semi-final here. The photo in this article is Alec McLeish, Aberdeen winning a header against Rangers, and he's uh, Derek says we've played Aberdeen so many times this season. I I know their players better than I know my wife. No one knows better than me just how good this current Aberdeen side is and things will undoubtedly be hectic in our semi-final. The law of averages say we must win after all the defeats we've suffered at the hands of, of them this term. They have some truly gifted players and they knit well together. Alex McLeish, for me, is a find of the season. He's just a youngster, but he shows great control and authority and commands respect. Steve Archibald is always dangerous and you'd expect him to try and pinch a goal or two. So another player who rarely gets the credit is Ian Scanlon. When he's in the mood, he can be virtually unstoppable. So I'll just go through Ian, a bit about Ian Scanlon here, but just, or oh, on Alex McLeish and Steve Archibald. It just seemed uh, to be, Alex McLeish always just seemed to be like a grown-up. He never, uh, even when he first came in. That surprised me, he's just a youngster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? He just, he, he just never, never young. Yeah. No, that's right, yeah. 
So Ian Scanlon's actual name is John Scanlon, um, and he was born in July 1952 in Birkinshaw in Scotland. Started off with East Stirlingshire between 70 and 72, played 42 games, scored 18 goals in the league. Moved to Notts County for £10,000 between 72 and 77 he was there. Then he moved to Aberdeen between 77 and 81, uh, played 92 league games, scoring 13 goals. And then he moved and finished his career between 81 and 86 at St Mirren. Where he scored 140, oh sorry, 40 goals in 140 games in total. A left-footed player, mm. and I remember when I was in the BB being an officer, he was really good at the fit, wears with the football, and uh, he always had that saying: if you're a left-footed player, you get a game anywhere. Yeah. yeah. And him and Peter Weir, yeah. who I think he came after him, and, mm-hmm. uh, and Peter Weir was fairly got some. I mean, I think he did it with Man United as well. He had an eye for a player. Oh, exactly. Absolutely. 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 So with Aberdeen, he was a Premier Division winner in 79-80. Uh, Scottish Cup runner-up in 78 and Scottish League Cup runner-up in 79-80. And in 1974, when he was uh, with um, Notch County, he scored a hat-trick against Sheffield Wednesday, taking 165 seconds from the third, first to third goal. So he was one of the... We, we spoke about this in a previous podcast. I can't remember the entire list, but we spoke about that's the classes hat trick, yeah. and he scored a hat trick in 165 seconds. That's huge. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. That's an understatement. Good. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, so Derek Johnson. But says... You know that that story that uh, Ian Scanlon, who was with Notts County, claimed he'd won the pools. Oh. Uh, there was a story he claimed to have won the pools uh, in order to get a bit of publicity, but he made it up. <laughs> Is that right? Uh, apparently. Jeez, oh. Apparently, or he'd, he'd inherited money for an, an aunt or something like that. See. See, that takes you back to, to real football players. Nowadays, they come off a bus, they've got these cans yeah, on there, and they don't they even don't see the supporters, you know. Exactly. But, but you can you know, I don't want to go ahead no, here, no, no. the other side is one of my uh, my pals, uh, and a hero of mine, Bobby yeah. Lennox. Uh, my wife hates football. She thinks Bobby Lennox is Anna Lennox's favourite. <laughs> but every time, an old firm game, uh, my phone will ring. Uh, uh, no, his phone will ring if Celtic win. Yeah. And my phone will ring if Rangers win. It's just the way we we, we know each other for years and yeah. years. I went down to the unveil in his statue, mm. right? Uh, I've got to tell you, <laughs> I was in the, I was in the, the Toon Hall in Salcoats and I'm walking away, right? And I see the door opening and uh, unmistakable, you know, it's either him. Or the Swathers brothers, but they, they weren't in her dressing. Anyway, he's walked in uh, and I've started to give him a wee bit of just a bit of patter. And he says, You coming in for a pint? Aye, sorry. And he's Bobby's bar, it's right in that mm-hmm. square, right? So I'm standing and there's pictures all in the place. Uh, he's he's talking to a lady at the end of the bar, an, an older woman. Uh, and this big guy's stoning. It's summer, right? He's got short sleeves on. And he's got a tattoo of uh, Lester Piggott, you know, with the 1,691 or something. <laughs> and then, and then, there's a wee guy comes in, and he goes, pretty heavy. So, he goes, yeah. He says, is that for your Bobby Lennox? And the, the lassie behind the bar says, aye, aye, it's his pub. Bobby Lennox, the lesbian lion. Aye, Bobby Lennox, the lesbian lion, a man, his pub. Jesus Christ. The big guy's the next guy. He goes, what about that big man, eh? Bobby Lennox <laughs> set the husband lions. And he went, aye, aye. But, I mean, Bobby Lennox. <laughs> I thought he's about now. I can't believe it. 
the mercury. He points to the tattoo. He goes, you see that? He says, aye, aye. He says, Bobby Leonard. fucking hopeless. He says, couldn't he play fucking fever, right? And we go, oh, wait a minute, big man. So let's be lying on that. And I'm standing against the wall. Bobby's standing talking to and everybody's hearing it, right? And all of a sudden, the big guy says, who do you think that is at the end of the bar there? And he starts going, Bobby Lee, Bobby Lee, Bobby, could you let him say, right? Well, and, and Bobby finds up buying him a drink. Was, this, this big guy is Bobby's best pal, right? Ah. He's in the place all the time, you know? Uh, what a character. But he, Bobby Lee's one of the best players I ever saw Absolutely. in life. And he had the essential thing, he had pace. Yeah. You know, I used to kid on the year at Celtic, uh, won the big silver thing. Uh, he won everything that year, right? I says, Bobby Leonard's spoiled it. I says, because he was second in the Greyhound Derby. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 he was the fastest man Oh, ever. and he scored extra goals, you know. As well, because we'd finished training at Celtic Park and he'd go and train the beach at Soko. That's right. Every day. Mm-hmm. The extra sessions he was putting in just gave That's him right. that. Just oh, a quick silver advantage. You and know? he went to Texas, played in Texas. Right. And know. came back to Celtic. That's right, that's right. And you talk to people like Bobby and, and guys of that era, yeah. it's all fit by the top. Oh, totally. you know, and that's, that's they, the beauty they, it for yeah. me, you know. Live and drink it, don't they, really? Mm-hmm. Okay, so. no, sorry, no, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll come on to that page right. in a wee minute anyway. Um, just going back to the Eric Johnson. So. He talks about Gordon Stratton always seems to play well against us and I hope we can put a stop to that on Saturday. Uh, the Derek then takes Rangers to win against Aberdeen even though they've lost out to them already this season. He believes if they take their chances then they will do the business. Uh, Derek remembers watching Rangers play Aberdeen in the Scottish Cup semi-final at Parkhead the year he joined, the year before he joined Rangers where Rangers won 6-1 so it's Aye. the same story you talked about. Um, he said Willie Johnson was brilliant in the afternoon if my memory served me correctly and he scored a hat trick so he did mm-hmm. Colin Steen also played and ran a Pataudry defence into the ground with his incredible energy and stamina one semi-final I really enjoyed playing in came against Dundee United three years ago I like playing against my hometown team, team and I'm always guaranteed a tough minute tough 90 minutes against Paul Hegarty on that occasion we won 2-0 and I scored the goal that broke the deadlock I, had a, I hit the post before flashing past Hamish McAlpine I just quite like the fact that, you know, you're talking about that semi-final and then, you know, you, you were delivering sweeties or something. That's and then right. Derek Johnson, I don't know if he would have been with United at the time or maybe even just a just a fan at the time at the same the same stadium, the same ground. He would Aye. have just been a fan of them, I guess. I mean, he was uh, 16 years of age and one of his sister on the Friday. How many tickets do you need for your family? And he says, I don't know if they're coming. He says, they're coming, you're playing. Yeah. And, and Derek went, I'm playing, aye. And I said, you know, I, I've heard the story so often. <laughs> uh, the feeling, you know, he's told you're playing a, a League Cup final. Mm-hmm. And he says, I just went here and went to my bed. Mm-hmm. You know, he says, it never occurred to me. And I think at that age, kids don't have any fear. No, yeah. you know, absolutely. Ah, it's a game of football. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to ask you. Does he talk about it in that he just... Thought this is what's going to happen. Aye, this, absolutely. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to play for Rangers. Aye. I'm going to play in a cup it's final. One day anyway. Yeah, it's like, your debut is going to come. So but it's, it's not a surprise. league cup final. Aye, you know what I mean? A big. Aye, at Hamden. At Hamden. Is that, um, is that the one that he actually scored before? He scored, he he scored the goal. No, no, that no, was, was it. Hearts in '76, but the, the, that was his first game. Yeah. Well, it wasn't his first game for Rangers, but I think it was his third game. Uh, but he scored. He scored the winning goal. Yeah, yeah. He got up between 
He had a big a great picture of them. Jim Brogan, that. I think. Yeah, yeah, uh, and Evan Williams was a goalkeeper. That's and true. the joke that week, you know, how quick are the punters? <laughs> uh, Evan Williams um, was going, and the guy was sitting, Derek Johnson, came out of Lewis's, and he nodded to him, and Evan Williams dived into <laughs> Lewis's window. <laughs> I mean, th- that's how quick it is. It's, it's yeah. incredible. It's, uh, what was it? Sorry, just to no, no, talk listen, about you the just punters, keep talking Andy. Away. You know, I just. <laughs> When Rangers won the league at Kilmarnock, remember, they scored three goals in the first seven minutes mm. or something. When Walter's last uh, game, I think, uh, and I came out into a car park, my grandson's with me, uh, and my my daughter's coming out of the car, and my pal, my old pal, Andrew Bain, who's long gone now, but, and he'd be sick with him because he, he lost his leg in the war. And we're walking across. And Which reminds me of another story. Aye, that's another story. <laughs> and it's true, that's a true story. That's... that's Guy appears. All right, wee man, we're wondering, you know, we're all jumping up and down. And he went, Do you hear what Scott Brown said to said in the huddle? And I said, No. He said, Fuck me, Rangers are two off at Kilmarnock. <laughs> this is in the huddle by Celtic Park. I went, Shit, this is right after the game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, where did it come from? It's brilliant. Yeah. Nah, brilliant. <laughs> Right, so we'll turn over there to page seven then and have a wee look through that part. So this is the second part of the semi-final. So shoot chat to Steve Archibald, Aberdeen, Bobby Lennox, Celtic, and George Best of Hibs. So we'll, we'll deal with the Aberdeen one first. So it's medal before a move by Steve Archibald. And Steve says, If I am to believe ev- everything I read in the papers, then Saturday's game against Rangers could be my last as an Aberdeen player. He's been linked with a move south and reports suggest that Aberdeen will be willing to let him leave if their interest in the Scottish Cup ends. Stevie says that he's interested in a move south but rather do it with a Cup winner's medal, having already picked up two runners-up medals. I want to be known as a winner, he says. Having already scored a couple of goals against Rangers this season, Archibald is hopeful of continuing that run. He definitely doesn't see another 6-1 result, unless, of course, it's them that's giving out the 6-1 defeat. Mm. So we'll move on to the Not happy one boy, Stevie Archibald. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were looking at old photos when my Uncle Jim passed away yeah. three years ago, and his son, my, my cousin Stuart, a, a school photo came up of him. He's about eight or nine in it, right? And he went, "Do you recognise him, else in it?" And I went, "No." And he, he doesn't know anything about football, Stuart. He says, "Who's that?" And I looked, I don't know. He says, "That's Steve Archibald, in the same class mm-hmm. as Stuart." Uh, went to Borough School. Yeah. An interesting thing about him, and this will come back, well, not quite you, but a different era, but he once appeared twice in the same episode, The Top of the Pops. The Pops yeah. So he was in We Have a Dream of the Scotland Squad, oh, and yeah. then with his Spurs teammates, that's along right, with yeah. Chaz and Dave singing Tottenham, Tottenham. Aye, that's a reach the lower reaches. Two of them, Clements and Glenn Hoddle, were on the same episode as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, while we're on top of the pops, Andy's been on top of the pops. Oh, aye, twice. Aye. Well, I was born in London, right? Mm. And my my mother disappeared. I brought up to my granny when I was seven months old. My dad goes through the war, uh, gets demobbed, divorced, remarries. I've got two uh, half brothers. So, they're and still in London. You've never lost your accent as well. Yeah. You've never lost your accent. I know, you accent, can get a wee bit of cockadees <laughs> on there, you know. A wee yeah. bit of what? <laughs> cockadees. Cockadees. Oh, right. yeah. okay. Sorry about that. It's a nine o'clock watershed, boys and That's girls. That's right. Behave yourselves, okay. <laughs> so, uh, 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 Pete Shipton, who was the engineer who did the record, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm in Aberdeen. Come home, one o'clock in the morning, cup of tea, sneak in beside Norman, it's dark, uh, and I fall asleep. And the phone rings, and I look, 
635, I'll never forget this. And I went, oh, <laughs> somebody's dead. Yeah. You know, it's the first thing I think, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so I pick it up, it's Pete Ship to Andy. I said, aye. What is it? He says, you're on top of the pops on Wednesday. I went, fuck off, put the phone down, aye. <laughs> I think he's lighting the wind up. He, he, he rings by, I says, is that aye? He says, definitely. He says, but he says, there's, you know, there's, it's a small record company. We need taxis in here. He says, you think you're, I says, aye, I'll phone him, right? So I phoned my dad at 8 o'clock because I know he's taking Doris to her work. I, thought, I says, I'm on top of the pops on Wednesday. He said, fuck off. He goes back on. So the three taxis, the two brothers and my dad, uh, uh, and we're going. And the, the, the thing that surprised me was how small the studio was mm. in terms of area, but the ceiling was really, really high. Right. Cause, and my dad, I, I, I mean, I've got a Scotland jersey, a tartan tammy, big tartan banner around me, and I've got the microphone, yeah. and I've got three records before it's me, and I know what camera, because it's live, right? Yeah. And I'm standing and my dad's, and he says, take all these cameras and all these lights for one off your programme. I'm going, fucking geez, he's still trying to get And that's when it happened. The door opens and in comes Generation X. Billy Idol yeah. is the lead singer. He's six feet five to start with, but he had a new Wally haircut and he had platform soles on. I mean, and I'm this size, right? I've got a Scotland jersey, Tartan Tammy, Tartan Manor, and he's looked down at me and I've looked down at him. I've looked up at him and he spoke first. He went, who the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> and before I can say it, my old man said, hey, who are you fucking talking to? <laughs> he nearly got him up against the wall. But the thing it done me was, that's my boy. I was 38. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll tell you. And the other thing that really surprised me, that all the kids had written in, and maybe three years before, and then they got a letter, you're into, you know, come and be part of the crowd. Yeah. And this, uh, oh, Pearl's a singer. What was her name? Elke Brooks. Elke Brooks. She was on, right? She's shoving kids out of the road. <laughs> oh, I'm too busy. No, I'm too, I can't. And I've got her out here, I'll sign it. <laughs> and this big tall, I mean, she must have been, she was taller than me, uh, just a kid, black, beautiful, beautiful girl. And she says, could you sign this, mate? And she gave me, like, they, gave, they gave them a, 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 a wee book as a memory thing. And I went, yeah, what's your name? Denise. To Denise, Andy Cameron loves you, right? And I handed it back and she looked at it and she went, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> That's show business. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I can't wait to tell my brothers. They, they can't take their eyes off pants people, you know what I mean? Of course, yeah. Oh, you could hang your jacket and then they Oh, dear. Just start on the song, how did it come about? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's... Uh, uh, Gone to Ibrox all Gone to Every Game. It was a Rangers song. Mm. Uh, there's not... No, who's that team we call the Rangers? Yeah. Uh, and we were t- I had a fit back to the time, and I was going around the clubs, and Clem Dane had a wee record company called Moonbeam, and he said, you should make a record seller in the clubs. Mm. So we went to Radio Clyde, and if you remember, the Cheeky B duo, Maureen Hart and Ricky, Ricky Fillingham, they were husband and wife, and they came in and helped us, and we did the words, and uh, Pete Shipton, to his eternal credit, I, I was writing bits and pieces, and that'll work, and then when I, I, I got the line, England couldn't do it because he didn't qualify. Yeah. He said, Pete Shipton says, that's, that's a, a hook. That's line, uh, that's that's about. Yeah, yeah. He says, that's, that'll sell the record, you know. But there was phone calls. I, uh, W.H. Smith's are taking it, Wilbur's are taking it, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and the next thing, 
we were selling it around the clubs. Mm -hmm. I think we bought we got two thousand made, and they went no time at all. And then the thing comes, then you're on Radio Clyde, all that kind of stuff. It was incredible. You know, as a thirty-eight year old who <coughs> was in my second marriage and trying, you know, it's just you don't. I think if you're sixteen or seventeen, and that happens to you, as I said before, you have no fear. Yeah. It happens. See, at thirty-eight years of age, jeez. I'll tell you a story. I get I went to pick the wings up at school years later, right? And there's Spencer, who's now thirty-seven. Uh, Dad, are you Andy Cameron? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said to me. It's a terrible story. point in the life that you got to admit, though, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, I am. I, I am, am Andy Cameron. Andy Cameron. <laughs> I'm Andy and so is my wife. <laughs> the, the oldest boy, he's he's committed. He says, Dad, I've got a project today. He was 12. I says, what's that about? He says, I've to find out, you know, the difference between my life today and your life when you were 12. I says, like what? Well, what was your favourite television programme? And I says, you know, when I was 12, I said, we didn't. I said, we get electricity when I was 11. So we did. We get gas. We had gas up to them. He says, uh, I said, you're kidding. I said, no. So he did our homework today. And uh, they finished at quarter past three. So I get him and about 10 past four, that's my homework finished. I says, I get into motor. Where do we go? I said, just get into motor. You know, and I took Spencer as well. I says, in you come. So where are we going? We took him down to the People's Palace. Mm. And there's a single lane. Right, yeah, yeah. I said, and I said, This is what I was brought up in when I was your age. I was living in right, what's that black thing? I said, That's the sink because the sinks were black. It, what's the I said, The brass thing's where the, the water comes in. Where does the hot water come in? That's what he said. I said, Kettle on the big black range. Is that a black range? I said, Aye, anyway, things like, uh, So, where did you sleep? I said, I slept, you know. And my granny and my granddad slept in the, it was actually a room in the kitchen we were brought up. I slept in the room with Uncle Jim. Uh, and where's, where's the toilet? I said, it was halfway down the stairs. <laughs> what? They wouldn't believe me that I didn't had an outside yeah. toilet. You know, it's just, it's crazy, you know. And and how, I mean, was it a lock in the door? That was it, Spencer. <laughs> was there a lock in the door? I said, no. I said, there wasn't. I said, you had to sit with your foot up and hold the door. I said, when I went to Manny Lizzie's, her door opened out the way I finished up doing it up the stairs. Things like that just keep coming back yeah. into your noggin, you know. Brilliant, isn't it? Aye, but what I'll say about, do you know what I'll say about the, the song is that, because I lived down in England, I lived down in, and I've been down there 22, 21 years or something in right. Yorkshire, and there's people, not, not, not older people like your sort of age, you know, young people who know the song, aye. you know, maybe oh, yeah. in their early 20s or something like uh -huh. that. And I'll mention it's all oh, right, I, I know that song. Well, so Bobby, uh, Bobby Davro was up here working, uh, and I said to him, if you fancy a game of golf, he says, I want a quiet day. He says, you know, I just want a quiet day. I says, I'll take you to Ivers for your lunch, right? And we're up in there. There's 38 boxes in the back of the Sandy Jardin stand. So, and you sit in, and you can actually look down the pitch. So mm. it was, it was, it's a sports supporter, Bobby. Anyway, sit and talk. Uh, and I, I phoned John Gregg and told him, he was the manager at the time, Bobby Davros come. He says, hey, I'll try and get her. So he comes out and sitting chatting away. And he says, hey, no, Rangers, no, no, the history, but he says, it's a, a different pitch. He says, I used to do a running track around it. And the Rangers sports were a big, big item oh, in August, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, 
Is that right? She says, she says, I think my dad must have been in that, you know. Wow. How, how, she says, my dad was eight, an 880 or 440 runner. He says, won a lot of medals, you know. Uh, and right, Greg, he says, leave it with me, right? He says, uh, is that your real name, Davro? He says, no, no, it's Winowski or something. He's uh -huh. Polish, right? So Greg, he goes in and he phones it. There's no mobiles. He phones uh, the, the reception there and he says, tell Andy to bring him right to the front door. So go up to his office. He's got this book. He says, look at that. And there was Bobby Davro's name, father's name. Wow. He'd won the 880 and the 440 wow. in 1952 or something like that. Yeah. Wow. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, and he... Um, you look at the, the history of all the football clubs, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my, I remember Uncle Alec, who was my, my dad's oldest brother, he married a lady, an Irish girl, which was uh, brought up in, in Scotland, but she was born in Ireland and came over here when she's three, my Auntie Lizzie, who was just incredible lady. But he became a Catholic, right? Mm. And all, all his brothers used to wind a lot about it and all that sort of stuff. And he was a Clyde, Clyde fanatic. Of course, Clyde. I've been doing hell around uh, about the early 70s and that, you know. Uh, but he'd won the cup twice in the 50s, That's you know. Like, yeah, yeah, right. But anyway, he started going with his son to Celtic Park, right? So we used to wind him up about it. There's uh, Paddy, Paddy Cameron, we used to call it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was just family, right? That's just got nothing to do with family. <laughs> but I love, I love this. It's absolutely true. Manny Lizzie could be anything. Fantastic. In fact, the priest at a funeral man said, every brick in this church should have her name on it because she baked things for, you know, the, yeah, the yeah. jumble sales and all that. But <clears throat> when when you had a party, right, your song would be, it's the ring your mother wore. That was your song, right? That was Manny Marion's song. Uncle Andy would sing when the sound, the last all clear, and his brothers would take out fucking air raid wardens, well, helmets, <laughs> stick them on, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Manny Lizzie used to sing uh, Phil the Flutter's Ball and Dairy Irish Dancing, right? Mm. She was fantastic. Anyway, 1996, around about that time, I'm in a pantomime in, in a pavilion, in they come, her and Uncle Alec, they're elderly this time. And they come up, oh, that was a rare show, Andrew, I really enjoyed that, blah, blah, blah. And Uncle Alec gave him a couple of horse, some beer, and she said, come on, Alec, come on. She says, we'll miss that train. I said, she's not going to train. I said, I'll take you home. They lived in halfway, Castle Chairman's Avenue, so... They get into the motor, you just come up for a wee cup of tea, Andrew, a bit of toasted cheese. I mean, aye, all right. So I said, I need to use your phone. So I phoned Norma. I says, hey, I'm in Manny Lizzie's office. She says, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> she knew it was happening. So she's got the big box suit, right? Hey, remember Jim's first communion and all that? Oh, I said, aye, aye, great. And she said, you were a badge. And I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> she said, I had a wee holy water dish nailed to the doorpost. She says, and every time you come into the house, you go, we ain't talking about <laughs> And I didn't remember that, you know. Anyway, we're sitting, chatting away. I says, I'll tell you one thing. I says, you were definitely number one at the parties. I says, that, you know, Irish dancing, fill the floaters, but ah, can't do that now. I says, you too old? She says, no carpets. Because <laughs> 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 you did it with a linoleum, right? Oh, it, it, no, you lose all the effect of the shit well done. Did you, aye? Keep going. Aye. End of Irish dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but no, That's okay. Uh, Listen, there's, there's no set, set rules I've got, I've got to be away by Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> right, so back to you. So, happy memories against Hibs, and this is by Bobby Lennox. So, oh. talking about your good friend here. Aye. 
So Bobby says that Celtic will not underestimate Hibs. They played Real Madrid recently and gave them the utmost respect, and that's what they'll do against Hibs. Bobby rem- reminisces about games against Hibs where he has many happy memories. And he says, I once scored a hat-trick against them in a League Cup final about 12 years ago when we won 6-2. Mind you, I didn't think a certain George Best would be lining up for them at some point in the future when I scored that hat-trick. Even though I'm 37, I still get excited about big occasion games. Celtic haven't been in the last two Scottish Cup finals and are obviously keen to put an end to that run. So, I mean, this this will be in his second spell then after the... The trip to the States then. Aye, so um, yeah. At 37. So he scored 301 goals in all competitions for Celtic, second only to top scorer Jimmy McGrory. Jimmy McGrory is still the top scorer. Oh, aye, aye. 468 So Bobby's won 11 League medals, 8 Scottish Cup medals, 5 League Cup medals, 1 European Cup medal. He also appeared in the 1970 final. Uh, he's inducted into the Scottish Hall of Fame in 2005 and awarded an MBE in 1981. Um, so I think actually I'm, I've, I've got a box there of old cards and stuff and I think there might be a, a Bobby Lennox one there if oh, there is I'll give you that oh that's brilliant I mean he was he, as, a, as a player he was absolutely incredible mm. you know, he was just quick really really quick uh, and but you could see the game it's not a bigger picture yeah you know and his big pal or his wee pal was Jimmy Johnson mm. right and some of the things he's told you know about Jinky, they're in LA and in, in the airport, and they're you know having a juice or whatever. And the way him, been that tour just before the '67, and uh, Jinky says, "Bobby, Bobby, come on, come on, come on." What? Well, just come, come. So takes him maybe through the concourse, and there's a row of chairs. Says, sit down, sit down. What am I sitting here for, Jimmy? He says, "Look at that escalator." You know, he says, "See all the birds coming up with the short skirts." <laughs> ジャンクリ。ジャンクリ。ジャンクリ。ジャンクリ。ジャンクリ。ジャンクリ。ジャンクリ。ジャンクリ。ジャンクリ。ジャンクリ。ジャンクリ。ジャンクリ。ジャン
So on, on this page as well, so Celtic never accept defeat. This is by George Best of Hibs. And a great picture. I mean, that's that for me, that's one of the most iconic Hibs strips. Mm-hmm. Victor one, it's just a belter. Do you know, it, it still sort of gets me when I say George Best of Hibs. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, what, what an amazing, amazing thing yeah. that is. Even though, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the best thing that ever no, happened with that. But. but see, George Best is one of these players, like Maradona, uh, and I'm trying to think of another one, who, as a role model, was not good. Yeah. You know what I mean? You couldn't say yeah, to yeah, me, yeah. you might be like him, but you could say and, and see Bobby Lennox, Right. Absolutely. Uh, 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 and uh, Bobby Murdoch or yeah. uh, you know Greggy or somebody like that, Big Billy, and Bobby Channel, who yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of professionals. the best yeah. at Man United. He's a great player, but he wasn't certainly turned up, you yeah, know. Yeah. Bobby Channel was I think Bobby Channel's one of the best players I've ever seen yeah. in my life. <clears throat> and he that there's a, the thing about great players making ordinary managers. Bobby Channel went to press in North End, mm-hmm. lasted a season. Yeah. It's exactly handle yeah, us, yeah. you know. Yeah. It must be very difficult though, if you're that good Aye. trying to get, you know, an average player to play anything like even to get your like you were. Well, like, exactly, Aye. exactly. Aye. So it was like it was like you no, and I know you, but like because I've seen you. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I've not improved. <laughs> right, so it says um, George says Celtic impressed me when we played against them in the league earlier this season. Did he not score against Celtic that season? He did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they have a lot of fighting spirit in their play. Best to put Hibs ahead that day. Uh, Alan McLeod also missed a penalty earlier in the game. I picked up the ball, moved into the penalty area, jinked a little and fired a right foot shot, which beat Peter Latchford at his near post. It was simply instinct. I thought a goal was on and I followed my instincts. I just, wow. you know, that sort of, well, I, I saw Aye. a goal and that was it. It was going yeah. to be a goal. Um, I just keep that's what great players do, isn't it? Yeah, they just yeah. see it opening up, don't they? Um, I am determined to succeed at Hamden against Celtic because Hibs fans haven't had a great deal to cheer about this season and deserve better. Um, so a wee spoiler, both semi-finals were actually played on the 12th of April, a full week before this issue, issue went out. So the results had already been known by the time this was published. Uh, Celtic, as we say, Celtic thrashed Hibs 5-0. Goals from Lennox, Proven, Doyle, McLeod and McAdam. And as we've said, Derek Johnson scored the winner in the Aberdeen game. Um, and from the time the report says best played, but was unable to give Hibbs the spark they needed, although he did show some of his skills throughout the game. And unfortunately, his teammates were unable to take advantage of the opportunities he created. So that's again, it's like, you know, when he did do something that was ahead of a lot of the players uh-huh. and they just went on the same sort of page as him. There was the away strip for that one. Okay, so on, I was gonna ask before we move on, I yeah. was gonna ask uh, Andy, obviously uh, as a Rangers fan, you got through your career to become quite a sort of integral part of the club. Uh-huh. You get like you say, host the Sandy Jarden testimonial and various right. other things and do stand up on the Pitch. Is that quite a thrill when you realise you're sort of part of the aye, aye. It's, fabric it's, of the club? It's like somebody said to me uh, early doors, can you say you're in your support? You know, I've always done it. That's your team. You know, you don't like Absolutely. it. Sorry. But that's the way it is. I've done the Celtic charity dinner uh, for the last 25 years, yeah. every year except one. Um, and, you know, 
I've got pals, the guys, guys I play golf with, it's the Tipperary Tims and a Blue Nose every Tuesday and Thursday at Catherine Brace. We go to Ireland to play fit, uh, golf. It's all about Fitber. Uh, there's no sectarian nonsense in it. It's just about Fitber. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I mean, I remember uh, doing the Celtic charity dinner and big Bob, Bobo Baldy was doing a raffle, right, or helped me with a raffle. And it was a big, a huge bin, and it was full of 20 pound notes, right? I said, just pick one out. He went in with two horns, right? He started his pockets. It was, it was, a, it was brilliant. It was a great bag. You know, and I just stood back and applauded him. Fantastic. And that, that's, what I'm trying to tell you is, see football players, they're not any different for us. In fact, you took, I go into the blue room on uh, Thursday night, I see Peter McCloy, right? And I go to say hello to him. And halfway over, who's standing next to him but Pat Bonner? Yeah. And I, I shook hands with both of them, and I'll tell you what, they've got, geez, I've got two horns here, and it's not as big as one of the horns. Yeah, yeah. And so I said to Pat, what are you doing? You know, working with BBC? He says, no, I'm here with, uh, with UEFA, which is terrific, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And I had a wee chat to him after the game. and But what I was trying to say is, football players talking to each other about the football. They don't talk like you and I would, mm. supporters. But, they're in the same game, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's it's like two joiners talking. That's really it's just. Uh, I, you know, so and so had a, a stinker of there. What a game, what a player he is. Mm. I remember Ken, I said to Kenny Dalglish, uh, the boy Tommy Callahan, who played with Celtic. Mm. That's another story. I was calling him Tick for years. Right, I thought it was, but it's Tid, T I D. And I says, oh, I says, I'm really sorry, Tommy. I says. What does Ted stand for? He says it's five for Pelly. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, bro. But I said to Kind of Loose once, I said, eh, who, you know, you played with great players. Mm. Uh, I said, he says, I'll tell you a player. The, the punters wouldn't pick out as a great Celtic player. Tommy Callahan, he says, but he was a great Celtic, yeah. he's a great player. I said, how? He says, because see, had the ball, he says, he was always there to take it, you know. And that's, I think punters don't think about it, is it? He's always really fit, is he? Eh? He was really fit, wasn't he? Oh, I, really... I, was, I was a machine. Yeah, he uh, played uh, play for Clyde Bank uh, as well. Were you a football player? No, no. No, 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 just... Not, not of any note. It's not about Big Jim Gallagher. Big Jim Gallagher coming here sometimes. Um, well, he's, he's not, but he's my, he's my hero. He's absolutely um, hero. And um, he's definitely want to get yeah. him on. So. Well, I used to come down, there's a, a church at St. Stephen's, mm-hmm. there was a, a priest in it called Father Mac, I think he liked a refreshment or two, <laughs> uh, and I used to, there was a wee guy called Frank Gofeather, yeah. I called him, this is inappropriate in these days, but in those days it was alright, I called him the white Pakistani, because he had five shops, right? <laughs> <laughs> Frank Gofeather, and I used to come down and do things at St. Stephen's, right? Yeah. And Father Mac was always there. Um, and you know, with great nights, I'm talking about the late 70s, just before Ali started my army, you know. Franco Feather was a real character, uh, and I, I know he's gone now, you know. But, but Big Jim got the reason I'm saying Jim, Jim Fallon played yeah. for Clyde yeah, Bank yeah. at that time, and of course, we Jimmy Mack, who was at BBC with me, he was a, a radio presenter as well. Jimmy, he was a Clyde Bank yeah. uh, man, you know, a Clyde Bank supporter, you yeah. know. Christ, that. that Club, Clyde Bank Club yeah. at the end of the yeah, pitch. There's a story for you, Andy. <laughs> Gordon Brown, yeah, right? Yeah. What yeah. team did he support? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Partick Thistle. He played the postman in the high road, right? 
Him? Or right, is this sister. a different Gordon Brown? Then? Different Gordon Brown. Right, okay. He's a very short-lived political career. <laughs> aye, sorry, I told somebody to have. Anyway, <laughs> him, his sister and his two brothers. And I think one of the brothers and sister stays in, in Leeds and they go to every party thistle game. They're fanatics. The father is, his name is Durward, Durward Brown. And he's, you know, they're just thistle fanatics. Anyway, they're at Clyde Bank. He says there's about 150 there, right? Check Charlie's playing for the thistle. And he's putting his foot in the ball and flicking it, you know, that sort of stuff. And the Clyde Bank supporter <laughs> just get exasperated with Charlie, you bastard. Charlie. He said, <laughs> 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 what was it? Is it uh, oh, I forget what, what, he, what he shouted to him. No, I... Uh, Charlie. Charlie, you bastard, I hate you. Chick put his foot in the bone and went, I know, my sister tell me, she's a psychiatric nurse. <laughs> <laughs> Flicked the body somebody, but Gordon elaborated yeah. the story. Oh, what uh, a player though. Oh, aye, Chick. There you are. I said to Sandy Jardin, mm. he, I was talking to him, about, he says, I we had uh, Chick Charlie at Tidecastle as a, a trialist. Yeah. I says, you didn't sign him. He says, no, I, I get a job to tell him that we weren't sign him, right? I says, how do you know sign him? He says, he got three three games, three reserve games. He scored two goals in the first game. Didn't score in the second game. Scored a goal in the, the third game. I says, he didn't get a contract. He says, he couldn't run. And I went, what do you mean? He says, if you can't run in the day's game, you know, he says, you're hopeless. And it's so, I suppose, yeah. you know, yeah. so athletes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Of course, so Henrik Larson debut is his favourite moment, isn't it? That was, uh, aye, was, we, we Fergus. Oh, what a goal. You know that yeah, story? But, no. No, Hibs, they're playing at Hibs. Uh -huh. uh, and Hibs won 2 1. And uh, Fergus gave the boy a check. Passed the boy a check. It's not Fergus. Henrik. Uh, Henrik. Yeah, Henrik. Yeah, yeah. A bad pass that went right yeah, and check, yeah. check scored with it. And in the boardroom after the one, the Hibs director says to me, Fergus, looks as if you've signed a pig in the pot there. Yeah. Fergus, he says, <laughs> Don't know, he says, great pass for a winning goal. <laughs> <laughs> he was a character. We yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh dear. This chick, of course, went down and played for Celtic in the game of Monday night. That's right, a friendly, yeah. Yeah. That, so just to get the hoops on, that was yeah. fantastic. I love Chick. We were going to sign them, though. We were going to yeah. sign them, apparently. The story was we were going to sign them, but oh. he didn't socialise with the team afterwards. He oh, said it because he was too nervous. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah. His pals and family, I think, had gone down. Lou Macari, well. it was the manager. Yeah. And he and he was gonna they were yeah. gonna sign him, but it was it something all, happened after the game. Was it all going on holiday or something? I think so. I think there's like there's a couple of versions. Celtic were going to sign Celtic. Celtic were going to sign Chick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's a character. <laughs> well, I don't know. I can't. I think it's Campbell Money's testimonial. Mm. Uh, uh, Paisley. <laughs> he's turned up with a pink suit. And I went. You know we Miami hide. Vice though, isn't it? <laughs> well, I said you'll know we hate the baseball bat under that. He's a real character check. Right, so what we're going to do now, you, you'll be aware of the, the focus on sections where the, the player answers some questions well, or that. So English it's going to be. So, but what we're going to do is we're going to do focus on Andy Cameron. All right, okay. So I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. For this. I, think, I think it deserves it. Followed by Generation X is great as hits. <laughs> right, so I'll, I'll go through them. Uh, full name Andrew Graham Cameron. Birthplace London. Mm -hmm. First car. Uh, a mini. 
Who's your favourite player? Of all time. All time. Jimmy Miller. Jimmy Miller. Favourite team? Do we need Rangers, to aye. Most memorable match? Uh, 1978, Ein, uh, PSV Eindhoven at the time. 3-0-0 at Ibrotson. They were favourites to win the European Cup at the time. And, you know, no chance Rangers had. Mm -hmm. We went there. They scored in 23 seconds. Yeah. Let me tell you a story about that. At half time, it's 1-0 for them. And we're all in the toilet, like a row of one-armed bandits, you know. And this wee guy comes in and he's got about 100 badges on his bonnet and about 250 badges on his scarf, right? Yeah. Uh, and let's in, let's in, I'm desperate, I'm desperate. <laughs> and he starts and he went, lucky bastards, they started before we were ready. <laughs> 23 seconds. The Rangers equalise. So that same through because of the away goals, yeah. right? Then they score again and then Rangers two each. And Gordon Smith gets the ball in his own half. Pings a ball to Tommy McLean. Tommy carries it a wee bit, you know, and, and slips a beautiful ball to Bobby Russell, who slips it under the goalie, 3-2 for the Rangers. And that yeah. is my most memorable most game. Memorable. It's a, it's, I mean, I'm 75 years a Rangers supporter, you know, so uh, there'll be a lot of games. But that was my, yes. the most memorable one. What's the biggest thrill of your life? Biggest thrill in my life um, was when I was doing the, the lounges and all that, yeah. and I wasn't going to the park at the time, but they invited all the living Rangers support players back mm -hmm. to Ibrox. We played Hearts, and it was one of their wet nights. Still nearly game finished, but I had to introduce all the players, all my heroes, yeah. on the pitch. That, that was incredible. And there's a wee sort of sequel to the story. My daughter was with me. Helen, I think, should be 20 odds at the time. Uh, she's my oldest girl, right? She used to come with me to the reserve games and all that. And... Uh, she says, Dad, she says, can you introduce me to Jimmy Miller? And I went, I thought you'd met Jimmy. She says, no, I've never met him. So I take it around. I said, Jimmy, this is my daughter, Ellen. Jimmy was a, a, stood up. Then I see him, you know. Mm. And she shook going to him. She says, can I tell you something, Mr. Miller? I what's that? See, when I was six, I wanted to be you. <laughs> 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 you know, because yeah. I used to, and he was my hero, so yeah. obviously fell into her. No, that's, that's a pretty good one. So what's your biggest disappointment? Oh, no doubt about it. Seven one game. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh. Me and my pal stone in there, two minutes to go, still to get a penalty. Never a fucking penalty. Man. <laughs> <laughs> seven one, right? Uh, uh, and he's going, come on. Well, I think we're only two in the Rangers then. Shut up, we'll fight back. It's funny, <laughs> It's still time. Yeah. Right, and the guy that scored uh, the penalty, Willie Fernie, uh, I actually... Managed to get him his grandson a ticket for the day that the game that's no one more. Ibrox, the Celtic supporter, obviously, Sean Fernie. Yeah. Because he's my best pal, Jim Collin. You know, yeah, I remember Jim. Uh, Jim uh. How was Jim good? Well, Jim's, Jim's uh, grandson is Jim's son in law is David, Wally Fernie's son, David. Right, so I this see. is Sean's grandson. Okay, mm. uh, so what's the best country you visited? Uh, America. America. It's, uh, it's just mm. something about the service and I just like yeah. it, you know. I like Australia, I like South Africa. Uh, and I quite like Dubai because my son lives there. Right. You know, and but uh, I, I love, the, you get into America, I'll never forget, we Bert Cohen and I, first time we ever went with the wife's golfing trip, we get into this brown derby in Sarasota and it was $2.38 or something to the pound at the time. Anyway, we I think I've left a dollar and, and, and 50 cents 
and we've come out, I think the bill would be about $40 or whatever. Anyway, and this lass, excuse me, excuse me, there's something wrong with the service, sir. I says, no, I said, the service is great. I said, the food was terrific. Why? She says, you've only left a dollar fifty. She says, this is how I earn my living. She says, I've got to live through, excuse me, come round. <laughs> right. And you, then you realise then, at that time, you said, you had 10% on, yeah. right? No. But they tell you on the bill, 28% yeah. or so, you know. But I still love it. Yeah, a lot of the venues, though, don't pay wages. That's right. So yeah, I think that was the case. Yeah, you make it on wages. Apart from like, worked in New York and bars and restaurants. And they actually, they changed, I think, in the 90s. The expenses stopped paying you. So basically, the shift starts, go. Yeah. You make as much as you can. Because I said to Norma, when we're in a bar, and the guy goes, what can I do for you, you know? Mm. And I said, what do you like? Like, hey, tell me when you're ready. <laughs> well, <please laughs> tell somebody else. That. Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As you said, the service is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like you said there, it's like once you know about it, yeah, that's then, the thing. Then that's it's, better, like, it's fine. It's like, okay, it, I'm, I'm, uh -huh. I'm going in and I'm all armed. Okay, so what's your favourite food? Uh, mince and toys. There's something about mince and toys, but if you're asking me Chinese, mm -hmm. I really go. Yeah. Although I think sometimes they, you know, they, they con you, you know, big signs up. Eat all you can eat for three quid. <laughs> you turn up and they give you one chopstick. Or <laughs> yeah. um, eat you can spear. <laughs> uh, miscellaneous likes. So give me two things you like doing. Or just golf. Like. I love golf. playing golf. Aye. And uh, laughing. Laughing. I, lo I love comics. I love anybody that stands up uh, and and does, you know, some of the alternative guys are no comics. They're, they're political commentators. Yeah, yeah. When I go and see a comic, I want to laugh. Yeah. I want to forget. Yeah. Uh, anybody that stands on a stage, you know, yeah. I just, uh, I love George Burns, you know, yeah. uh, but my two favourites, the two best stand-ups ever are uh, Connolly and Robin Williams, without yeah. a doubt, you know. Yeah. So, on the flip side to that, give me a couple of things you dislike. Oh, uh, bad manners. Yeah. Uh, I hate bad manners and I, and I hate bigotry or racism of any, yeah. any description, you know. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I I don't know. Uh, I don't want to start on about it because yeah, we'll be here yeah. next year. I just can't stand. If, I mean, him, him and I are different. Uh, football, Catholic or whatever, Protestant. We're the best of pals. Yeah. I, I would do anything for him. He would do it for me. And that's the way it was, wasn't yeah. it? Well, Hyros, you know? When we worked together, it was you were the Rangers end and I was the Celtic end Aye. of, of, of Highroad and we worked on it. But Celtic were in a very... Kind of unsuccessful period. <laughs> <laughs> so I've waited till now to go. Yeah, <laughs> I've got you at last. <laughs> so aye, aye. Revenge aye. is mine, uh -huh. saith the Lord. <laughs> so, what's your favourite TV show? Uh, All time. Aye, between Cheers and Fraser. Cheers, I love. Aye, yeah, yeah. Cheers and Fraser. I, clever, I still watch it. Yeah. The, the show Wee Bits, you know. I was actually watching it yesterday, sitting just flitting through it. Uh, so, that Woody Harrelson, mm. when he came into Cheers as, as Woody Boyd, Brilliant. Brilliant. Still every scene. Still every scene. Absolutely. Scene was in. Absolutely. And, and the writers sign. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're absolutely. Again, they had rooms of writers. Uh -huh. Writers rooms, eight, nine writers on these things uh -huh. as well. These American series, they've crafted. That's it. But it's... it's see, that's where they last. See, still game. I love still game. Mm. And it's amazing how similar it is to both Cheers because there's not just one character. Yeah, several yeah, characters. Yeah. There's a character that you don't you see. Like... Yeah. like Mina, yeah, right? absolutely. And, yeah. I, and it was Norman's Norman, wife, and yeah. uh, and, yeah. and, and uh, Meris, Meris, Meris. Nails. I mean, whoever thought him up, and the guy that plays it, yeah. uh, David Hayes, absolutely brilliant. I, I love very it. hard then to do something else. 
Yeah. Once you've been known as that character, it's aye, yeah. they had to be yeah. out of it. Aye, aye, aye. See, I, I remember seeing Cheers for the very first time it was on, and it was the ending bit. That, right. I don't know if you remember this, but it made me think, this is going to be brilliant. And Sam and uh, Diane were in the office chatting away and stuff like that. And then at the end of them arguing and stuff, they opened the door, and it's like no, the no, entire... The entire bar are up against the door. Yeah, that's absolutely yeah, just yeah. Like, that's absolutely brilliant. The characters, I mean, Cliff Clavin. Yeah, brilliant. An unbelievable character, but there's one in every, every pub. single bar. Every yeah. bar. Ah, every bar Him and Norm, I think, were the two. They were the two bookends for it as well. There are. You know, every I watched yesterday. You know how it should you know? Norm! You know, yeah. when he comes in the door. <laughs> Good afternoon, everybody. Norm! And Fraser and a. Uh, what's her name? Lilith. Lilith. Oh. Have a, a baby, right? And she comes in into the pub, and he's coming through for the back room. There's oh, gang! Uh, Frederick just beats on Cliff at that site. You brought my son in here. You brought my son. How do you expect him ever to learn there? You know, the door opens. Afternoon, everybody. And the wing goes, "Nar." Which is brilliant. I loved it. Yeah. Cheers and uh, Frazier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Favorite singers? Uh, Bobby Darren. Mm-hmm. Or anybody uh, that sings like that, country man. Yeah. I, I love country music, yeah. Uh, Vince Gill and, and all these guys, you know. Mm-hmm. Favourite actors? Uh, in my opinion, the best actor I ever loved, James Cagney. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I just love him. I think he's fantastic. From uh, Cohen, George M. Cohen, to uh, the one with Doris Day. Um, the Ruth Etting story, Love Me or Leave Me. Also, uh, as I he did the captain and one of uh, Jack Lemon, what was the name of it? Uh, I can't remember. Was a Mr. Roberts? Yeah. Mr. Aye, Roberts. Mr. Roberts, fantastic. And he, I mean, he could do anything. And if you're, if you're on AM, AFI, American Film Industry, there's a tribute to him, right? And he goes up and does his speech. I think it lasts about nine or ten minutes. And the man, he just said that stature, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, good stuff. Who's your best friend? <sighs> I guess uh, I've got five best friends, and they're my children, you know, because mm-hmm. they, they treat me like a bra. Yeah. Uh, and uh, anybody that's a pal is a best friend, mm-hmm. really. Somebody that you can trust, you yeah. know. Uh, I've got a pal who's he's been in his bed for nearly a year now, and we know. It's, it's near the end, but uh, we, we started school the same day, you know, right. and we went all through the BB, and and uh, and and he he married, uh, no, my first girlfriend, but she was my cousin's pal, and I used to walk her up the road for these parties I was talking about earlier, uh, and introduced the two of them, you know, and we were married sixty something years, and wow. just incredible, yeah. fifty something years, sorry, and uh, I he was my best pal, but totally different, you mm-hmm. know. He worked in Rolls Royce, uh, and when I started doing the clubs, he used to come with me occasionally. I'm coming for five one night, and he went, "What life you've got, Andrew?" I went, oh, I've been doing it, out. you know." I said, yeah. "So I'm making the best of it," and I said, "You, you?" I said, "What in Rolls Royce you get? You know, senior systems analyst. That's a great job." And I, ah, he says, "But he says you go and make people laugh." He says, "Mother." He says, my life, he says, it's up, work, came, tea, telly, bed. Yeah. And it was so sad to hear him saying that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, he was he's a great guy. Yeah. And he resigned to it as well. Cause that's, that's it. it. You, what you're doing was extraordinary. 
at the time as well. Aye. How did that happen? And how did you how did you start getting into? Because remember that you were talking about the Rolls Royce Club and everything. It was a crap club. Well, that, that was. I remember. I used to go to parties, right, mm. and you'd sing, and I would. You'd have gags there, he'd, and you wouldn't realise you'd a routine. Anyway, I went to the Glen Cairn Club, and it was it was a, a girl called Lee Anthony, who's a singer. Uh, she used to do the the Crazy Daisy and Sucky Horse it. She hosted it. But she was singing It's a Stag Night, right? And she was brilliant. Anyway, somebody put my name up to sing. And I started singing Delilah. And I started too high. So halfway through it, I had to stand in a chair. I couldn't get <laughs> But I didn't realise that I had a routine in my... Yeah. And I did. Had you written it down at this point? No, did you, I did you write, I've never you written just, it down. Did you just do it always so, off the cup? Yeah, aye. Very similar to Billy Connolly, isn't it? Point of room. No. <laughs> but seriously, you got... Yeah. And I just did it, right? Mm-hmm. This guy came here and he says, I've, I've got an agency in, in Russia. And I says, yeah, MK Entertainments. I says, so, you know. He says, do you do that? I says, I've never done that in my life before. I said, just, I couldn't reach it. He says, I'm telling you, he says, the clubs, you know, what men's clubs. He says, they're desperate for guys to do that. He says, I'm doing a showcase at Canvas Nathan Miners. <laughs> The glamour. Just glamour. Dripping in glamour. Outside Wisher, you know. Aye, that's your pines and I. Top of the world, ma. Aye, aye. So, <laughs> so he says, come on Wednesday, right? And I, I can't remember how many acts they had on, but it was a lot. He says, I'm putting you on fourth song. He says, just it. We did on Friday night. Anyway, I go in and do it. It went well. And I get 21 bookings that wow. night. Well, over the next two or yeah. three days. And I went, Jesus Christ. That was a showcase. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I started it. Now, I'd a broken marriage at the time. Right? Mm. Uh, I was trying to save up, I was trying to get paid the debt after that. She's anyway, long story short. Um, I'm working with Sunbless at the time, and I get this secretary, the, the PA, the sales manager. Uh, there was a 10 week bus strike in Glasgow at the time. One of the buses were off for 10 weeks, and I was a supervisor by this time. And I had to go and pick her up and take it. She was 18, I'm 32. I've been married, I've got two kids, right? So I'm really turmoil. Anyway, she says, I heard you you do the clubs. And I said, I do. I'd like to come and see you. And I says, I, I says, you need to bring somebody, you know. Says, what do you mean? I says, I'm not taking an 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. I says, I'm 32. She says, can I bring my friend? I said, aye. And her husband, aye, okay. The Euclid Club in uh, uh, Moss End, mm-hmm. the other end of Bells Hill. And I go in. At that time, it was three or four Bacardis to get the courage. Yeah, I'll right? bet, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I did, first half was terrific. Second half, I started a gag that I did in the first half, from having had two or three Bacardis at the interval <laughs> as well. So, and in those days, it was that you, you were driving and all that. It was yeah, nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, drove her home, dropped her part, and took her to the door and I says, right, I says, hey, what do you think? She says, I think you can make it. She says, one thing, this is an 18-year-old, she says, you need to stop drinking. She says, you can't go on stage with, with that Dutch courage. And I, I mean, I, can't, I couldn't go in without it. Ah, you could. And she says, you could. And I said, I'll tell you what. I says, will you come out with me? She says, no, I'm not coming out with you. <laughs> I says, I'm doing the, in fact, it's just up the road, the India Tires Club in Joe Chapel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I says, I'm doing that on Saturday. I says, I'll do it without having a drink, right, if you come with me. All right. And honestly, God, I was shaking my leaf. I just went on and did it. As soon as I stepped on the floor with the microphone, Relaxed. I knew that was the right thing yeah. to do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, no drink. It's and a I'm, funny thing, you know. I've never taken a drink going on stage since then. Uh, 
that's see for that for that intervention. Mm-hmm. It's just giving you the career that yeah, you, and you had. Her father was a six foot four dog handler with the cops. That might have helped. Aye. I'm married <laughs> before his daughter's eighteen. I'm thirty two. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. You know. <laughs> uh, anyway, we fall in love and we're married forty forty four years now. Wonderful. Aye, it's great. I mean, she's the best thing that's ever happened to yeah, me. Yeah. You know, doesn't like football, as I said earlier. She just hates Fitba. And the reason she hates Fitba, simple. Her dad used to walk around Hamden, Ibrox, Celtic Park mm-hmm. with a dog, and they had to cut his coat off when he came home with a spittle. Is that right? Aye, didn't matter what end it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. It's just... Anyway. Yeah, quite right. So we're going to take a look at our um, our podcast sponsor, which is CelticMatchDay.com. Um, they do Celtic Match Day programmes and um, tickets as well. And it's a website, CelticMatchDay.com. And it gives you free access to all Celtic programs, and it's and it's growing all the time. Um, but as we as we say before, it's not just for Celtic fans. So one of the examples we're going to look at here. So if you go into the site, you can pick it by year. So there's a drop down list, and you can select whichever year, and then it will show you which programs are available. So the one I've selected, Tom, is from the 16th of August, 1986. 16th of August, 1986. Okay, so we have it's the Bankies official match program. Um, Clyde Bank versus Celtic in the fine fair league. Um, so the front page has, I mean, as as we say, this is the Clyde Bank program itself. So it's not just the Celtic programs; it's games that Celtic have been involved in, obviously. And it's a little bit of action. It looks Rangers versus Clyde Bank in that one, by the looks of it. Um, and it's got a nice wee shot of the the fans in the background at Michael Bowie. I'm going to say that is St. Johnston v. Claybank. It certainly looks like it's in black and white, but it looks blue and it's got pinstripes. Yeah. Um. So, St. Johnston. Okay, and having a look inside, good news, the second page, good news for Bankies fans. Auction man signs for another year. This is Central Car Auctions, who were the Claybank sponsor at the time. And there's Jim Fallon and Sam Henderson standing with a big cartoon cut out of auction, man. Yep, in the style of um, the Roy the Rovers, so they used to picture the the stars being introduced to Roy Race and cardboard cut out. So we've got auction man signing. He's 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 an, he's not an attractive chap, is he? No, he's no. You would think they would have, you know, when when they've got a choice of any kind of look that they wanted. Do you think, do, they do you think it was maybe based on somebody though? Probably, that, so. yeah. <laughs> uh, so just looking through it. Um, uh, we've got the Clyde Bank player pool, first one in there. Yeah, you pen picks of all the of all the players. John Mayer is in there. Um, just eighteen months ago, John was playing under eighteen soccer with Annie's Land United. That's a bit surprising that we're using soccer in there, but I'm a big fan of John Mayer. Um, I thought he was a fantastic defender, really strong, and never really looked flustered or, you know, put out by things. So we're going through all the bankies there. Colin Brody's in there as well. The understudy to Jim Gallagher. Yep. Or Jay. Clyde Bank comment. So just a wee bit about the, the past. Um, it, there's a full page uh, mentioned the Strathclyde programme shop up on Renfield Street. Is that, I think that's still there, is it? Is it? I don't know. I'm, I, that's why I, asked, I ended it with a, a question to board you. Opposite STV Studios. Is STV Studios still there? At least tell me that. Or is that gone now? I think they're, well, they're based out at the key. No, yeah, but I, I've been in that STV studios. I was on an episode of Scott Sport when they started doing fancy Dan episodes of Scott Sport around about 2004. Mm. 
So on the next, well, next couple of pages, I think, uh, of the next page, um, there's an action shot. Looks like a midweek game. Dundee United versus Clyde Bank. It says Dave Nero, Nery, and in, in the quotes it says tackles Charlie Gibson, and it looks as though Charlie's taking a, a Dave Nery heel to the balls there. Paul Sturrock in the background with his socks down, no shin guards. Crazy yeah. that, isn't it? Um, then we have the next page is the Celtic team photo, so that's who's visiting the day. Profile of Mark, Mark Trainer. Mark Trainer's the cat, he was the captain at the time, eh? so it's his programme notes. Yeah. Anything else you want to pick out in that? Well, there's there's a wee match support there of uh, Clybank two Chelsea two from August nineteen sixty seven, uh, which which is again the the kind of thing that this uh, highlights in Celtic match day if you dip into your own club's programme. So there's a wee bit of a wee bit of history in there of your club and no necessarily Celtic. So Jack Steedman's friendship with Tommy Doherty and the latter's continued involvement at the highest levels in the game ensured that there would be many more attractive pre-season friendlies taking place at Club just looking at the bankage fanfare, so we've got the admission prices, general prices for admission in the coming season are as follows. So the stand, adults £3, juniors and OFPs £2. The ground, adults £2.50, juveniles and OFPs £1.50. That's, that's scandalous, those sort of prices. Season tickets are valid for all first team matches and are priced as follows. £45 for the stand and £35 for the ground for adults. Not far off that these days, is it for a season ticket? No, it's not. <laughs> uh, remember, there will be twenty-two league matches at Kilbowie in addition to any home cup ties. So, as as we say, uh, CelticMatchDay.com is the website, and on Twitter you can follow them at Celtic underscore Matchday as well. As we say, give give them support. Go into there, follow them, come onto the website. You know, give them some feedback. But but basically, it's it's a great source for looking back at. If you're a Celtic fan, obviously looking at the Celtic programmes, but if you're other a fan of another club, then there's bound to be something in there for you. There'll be there'll be pre-season friendlies, uh, European games and things like that. So CelticMatchDay.com, sponsors of Shoot the Breeze. Then we jump back into this. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Forgot that. <laughs> this is my second tongue, by the way. I want the, the first one. <laughs> so we're on pages 10 and 11, and this is a news desk. Now, there's quite a bit of Scottish um, content here, but I'm going to just pick out a couple of things. This could be the furthest we've ever got. No, no, we've got, <laughs> we've got a page further. Um, so, one is about Hibs' profit. So, it says, Hibs made a profit of £98,000 last season, due mainly to the thrice-played Scottish Cup final against Rangers. Gate receipts were up by almost 200000 and 58000 from sponsorship. So, that's, I guess, from the Buckter. Oh, yeah, yeah. On the strips back then. So, lotteries and TV fees. Fees didn't take into account the sale of Des Bremner to Aston Villa. Um, just want to pop down. So, there's one here, Jim Goes Dutch, and it's about Jimmy Calderwood. Right. So, it says, Jimmy Calderwood has joined Sparta Rotterdam on a short-term contract, but it's possible the Birmingham City player will stay on the continent if he likes playing with the Dutch club. Calderwood accepted the offer after failing to win a regular spot in the Birmingham side after his recall from Cambridge United, where he was on loan. He's always been a traveller then, hasn't mm. he? He would have been happy to have joined Cambridge on a permanent deal, but both teams couldn't agree terms. So I'm just going to pick out some information about Jimmy. So, born in February 1955 in Glasgow, uh, he started at Birmingham City, where he played 145 league games, and he, he was loaned out eight league games at Cambridge and he went to Sparta Rotterdam 
and he played 10 games there. And then he played for Willem, was it, how would you say the two? Willem Twee. Twee in Tilburg. Um, so he's, he was there for a couple of years. He was at Roda, JC, for a couple of years as well, five years there. And Hercules, Heracles Almelo between. So he spent a lot of time, you know, uh-huh. over there. Um, he did get a Scottish under-23 cap back in 74, but he also then managed in Holland as well with Willem Twe. N- I'm bad. The pronunciation's not getting any better, is it? NEC... N- Breda. Breda. Nimjin. Nimjin. Oh, Nimjin. 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 <laughs> fix this in the edit. <laughs> no, we won't. We know we won't. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's, let's fast forward to yeah, when he came back Germany home. Actually, I, no, I, 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 no. So he, he came back to Scotland uh, managing with Dunfermline between 1999 and 2004. He had five years at Aberdeen as well. Uh, Spell at Ross County. Then Go Ahead Eagles and uh, Graf Sharp. Now he won the Scottish Challenge Cup in 2010-11 with Ross County and the Fife Cup twice uh, with Dunfermline as well as getting them promoted from the First Division to the Scottish Premier League. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's not well at all at the moment, no, but, no, well. you know, best wishes to you, to Jimmy. Um, John Balavage is an interesting one here. So, the 19-year-old Albion Rovers keeper could be the next Scot to join Liverpool. The youngster has been under the eye of Anfield officials in recent weeks and has received an invitation to spend a week with the English League champions. When, when was that? He played with Albion Rovers. So, that would have been... 1980? Yeah, um, it, it would... Yeah, the early 80s up till he played with Albion Rovers up till 84 and then he joined St. Johnson after one, that. One of my pals, Ray, Raymond Franchetti, who played with Celtic uh, and also Albion Rovers and managed Albion Rovers. I wonder if he knows him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he was 19 at the time, so mm-hmm. he, it wouldn't have been long before, what was it, 1981 or something, this, uh, this 1980. So it would have been late 70s, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, on the Liverpool connection, I did find a later article in a, in, a, in a shoot magazine from July in that same year, and it's from Albion Rovers chairman Tom Fagan, and he said this about Balovich. <laughs> he says, the boy has everything, and this goes back to what you were saying about Paddy Bonner and um, Peter McCloy. He says, the boy has everything a good goalkeeper should have. He's big, brave and agile, and you should see the size of his hands. They're like shovels. Mm-hmm. We're happy to have him at Coatbridge, but we know he may be moving on. He's a marvellous prospect. So Balavage himself used to play for Billy McNeil's pub team in Bells Hill. And he says, I doubt Mr. Yeah. But he says, I doubt Mr. McNeil knows anything about that. I didn't go into the pub at that time because I was too young. I'd be absolutely delighted to join Liverpool. Naturally I would I wouldn't expect to play in the first team, but I would like to think the experience would do me good. There's only one team I want to play for in this side of the border, and that's Celtic. I think it's interesting that he's saying that if I went down there, I don't have any hopes of ever playing. It's just yeah. for the experience. What's his name, sorry? John Balavich. John Balavich. Balavich, yeah. yeah. I last remember him about him on yeah. Tuesday, yeah. Yeah, so he, he's known as a sweeper. He was called sweeper because of the way he acts as an extra defender at the back and runs out yeah. the penalty. So, he was, you know, it sounds as though he's a wee bit ahead of his time there. Billy's, Big Billy's mother, Nelly, ran the pub in Bells mm-hmm. Hill. And when I say ran it, she was, she was brilliant. Yeah. I used to play dominoes there, right? Uh, when I was a supervisor with Sunboys, Alec McDougall's van was Bells Hill. And when they went on holiday, you took it out for a week. So you did everything that they did. And I went, and that was the last stop. You'd take in a wee brown loaf, a couple of cakes, donuts or whatever. She'd make a pot of tea. And you'd sit there 
play dominoes with him. If he beat at the table at that point, this guy comes in, Scottish Newcastle in the door. I come in, son. Son split the trees. So it's sunny day. We Alex are on holiday. I come in, son. Come in. The boy walks in. Boys, he's got King Billy on his arm as well, but he's got a t-shirt, just a white t-shirt and a Ranger scarf on. I'm not joking. Son would split you, right? And he, he's obviously seen it the night before. Yeah. Billy McNeil's oh, I'm born there, right? yeah. Aye. Right? So Nelly goes, you need to get into the, 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 doing the stairs, son, you know, we got all the, aye, okay, to bring all the empties up, right? Sweat's running off his nose. You can see the t-shirts clinging to him, you know. <laughs> it must have been 40 minutes putting all that stuff in and that. And she says to the driver, you want a drink, son? He says, I Coca-Cola, hey, Mrs. Meeting, I'm driving. You, son, you, what you, look at you. She says, you, you hey, I'll have a pint of lager on reluctantly, you know. Mm. I'll get that for you. She comes in, she pours him a pint of lager, she puts it to him, I'm not joking. He gets it to there and she says, Enjoy it, son. She says, have a look at the photos in the wall. There's a cracker there, a big belly with a European cup. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, I've seen Ellie, she was different class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy got unwell, his father. Yeah. I went up to see him. Another sunny day, beautiful. All the windows are open, she's hoovering. I'm walking up with, walking up with passageway. And I catch her eye and I wave to her. She switches the hoover over. She says, Jimmy, Jimmy, turn the holy photos to the wall. Here's that Andy Cameron coming to see you. <laughs> Yeah. What a character, mm. nearly. Oh, yeah. and I never saw a guy, sorry, no, no. who actually looked the spitting image of his father, is that right? but he had the same temperament and the same nature as Nelly, you know. Yeah. Uh, what what was the pub called? Do you remember the name of the pub? What was it? Uh, I think it was called McNeil's. If I remember it, well. yeah. it was Main Street, uh, Bells yeah, Hill. Yeah. So, when did he have the McNeil's and off Wicked Road then? Was that after? No, that, that was in McNeil's. No, that was in Madeira. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, and uh-huh. some of his, uh, shall, shall we say, uh, rebellious customers <laughs> took the DU, and it was then I called the Mad IRA. The Mad IRA. The Madeira. Really? Before we move on, Andy, I know you've alluded to it uh, briefly, but this is a wee bit of reunion for, for uh, Simon and Andy, because you both worked in High Road. We did indeed. Yeah, we did indeed. Aye, Simon's an actor, and I was on High Road. <laughs> <laughs> I, I loved it. I mean, it was they fabulous, were, wasn't it? Real actors were good to me because uh, we get up to something, oh, didn't we? Oh, jeez, oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, but it was great. Uh, it was great fun because it was a great group, wasn't it? Yeah, lovely. Yeah. lovely. And, it, and the show had kind of changed at that time. They, they kind of dropped the take the. Ah, yeah. Made it high road. High road, Because a lot of soaps at the time had become city based and. And so it was kind of full of young people and there was all sorts of drug dealing. And so they brought me in, obviously, to do all that. <laughs> he was a bad boy. He was a bad guy, yeah. So and, and, and you had the garage. That's right, and you uh, were a mechanic. With, yeah, yeah, with, with Joe McFadden, you had the garage. That's right, yeah. So he was uh, Gary McDonald, I think. Aye, that's right, yeah. yeah. That's and right. I then came in as my father owned the garage. That was, uh, that was the story. That was the hook aye. that got me in. So Gary got murdered, and it was nothing to do with me. So always the baddies. Always the baddies. Garages, isn't it? Oh, that's, that's oh, yeah. Lord was the baddie, and then you come in, you were the young, good-looking Yeah, baddie. absolutely, and that, that didn't yeah. go down well. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so there was, there was that, two, two there was baddies. a couple of disappointments. I mean, I, I thought there, there was going to be a love interest with Mrs. Mike. There should have been. There was definitely some tension. Aye, oh, aye, definitely. There was tension. The rest of them were electric. It was great, because we worked the scenes really well. I think we got, we get the right mix of sort of humour 
and drama out of it as well. Because the comedy really came through with them. It seems we had Ant-Man obviously brilliant over the years. I I loved some of this. It's great. Because I was always dragging you into stuff. Aye, that's right. Get me into yeah, trouble. Like the fire engine. Let's go ram with the fire aye, engine. Aye, aye. And then we went in a double date. With two Brazilian <laughs> women. <laughs> it started to get a little bit aye, towards aye, the end. Aye, aye. So I got a new producer and it started to get a little bit. Because we had, um, we had John Temple in this. who started that's me it. off. Who well, was, he was a producer. Oh, who was from like, uh, uh, Coronation Street. I mean, yeah. He was, he was the grandfather of Soap. He knew what he was doing. Really he was It was great. So... So, so the soap was, you know, it became sort of young and trendy and then it got ridiculous. So <laughs> we, we then, on a country road, we find two broken down Brazilian girls on the side of the road and then we romance them and I've got their good suit on. Aye. And then it turns out they're nuns. <laughs> and they give us two signed Brazil belly tops. That's right, aye, aye. That's right. <laughs> oh, oh, At that stage, I think we were in the yard of the Craig going, I think this is maybe going to the end, pal. Remember <laughs> <laughs> we named a train? So we named a train. We all went up to the central station and we named that guy. We got, uh, we got, uh, What's know, it the, called? The, the High singer, Road. The, the High Road. Or, yeah, 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 the Glendalic Express. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, singer, the Singer Train. If you look at it, it's got High Road on the side of it. Yeah. Is that right? And about Jeez, a week so. later, they, they cancelled the show. Well, that was a blow. That was a blow. Uh, but <laughs> the, the laughs we used to oh, get. Because people are so glamorous. You'd be on an STV at half seven in the morning and driving through and you might... You might have two scenes that day, mm. and you might be doing the first scene in the morning and the, and the last, last of the scene day. night. And you yeah. were sitting there all day, but the catering was fantastic. <laughs> the bus, the, these catering buses are fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Food was terrific. Oh, the whole thing was great because you take yeah. a couple of days on location as well. So you get the studio days, and you get we've been on Saturdays to the producers run and all that. Remember as well, <laughs> and that was, was just. It smelled of drink. Quite a lot. <laughs> oh, aye, quite aye. A lot. It was some oh. drink was taken, but aye. it was the. Funniest group. It's one of the best days I've ever had. Aye, best, funniest group. The happiest days in my life. You know, I've been in show business, yeah. obviously, and that was it was, that was a happy. Oh, and the crew were magic, and everyone was it was like, it was like a family. Aye, the crew you know? were great. You know, it was just <clears throat> superb for years. And then it kind of got run into the ground. I think that was unfortunate. I don't know. Was, of course, the Millennium Special. We nearly froze to death doing oh, the Millennium dear, Special dear, as well. Oh, hell. Jesus. Oh, it was the Millennium oh, Special. In the middle of the night. Remember the <laughs> we were to run through the woods. <laughs> and they had, instead of us running through woods, they had, God, Graham Hunter still talks about it. He uh, had like a, 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 a an eagle's claw and a branch. Uh, and we're on running machines. Like three of us, it was like the road to Amarillo, was but three of us on the running machines. Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> going, whoosh. <laughs> this doesn't really work on radio, but they kind of whoosh with branches to run, so they're running past branches and through trees, and an eagle's claw would come at you. It was, it was kind of, Surreal. Aye, it was, uh, it was, I think it's available on. It's a bit like ST player just now. It was. It really was. It was. Aye, see, you're just ruining the magic in there. Oh, it was honestly. It was. There, there was the Millennium Special. There was no magic. <laughs> no, no. It was supposed to be the magic. It was, tra- was tragedy. Yeah. yeah right. But it was. Uh, it was hysterical fun, wasn't it? Oh. Look at that. I get a call for Hal Duncan in STV. I remember Hal. Yeah. Uh, would you like? Yeah. You know, a, a Taggart episode. I say, okay, you're uh, the Herald, uh, the editor of the Herald. I says, right, okay. This is now, this is my, my acting thing coming yeah. out. No, this, 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 this used to put the fear of God into me when he said things like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do my acting now. Oh, <laughs> I know. But I said, right, I'm a Herald director, the, uh, editor. Mm. I need to do something different. I'll do it sober. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's funny, Liam. I can have phoned it in. <laughs> it six words or something, you know. Brilliant. But the drama. Oh, the drama we brought to oh, it. Oh, God. Because it was good. Because STV was a great time to work there because they had Taggart Gron in the next room. Aye. And when Hyde Road went down, they would go and do Macca. Mm. And they were uh, the commercial yeah. department. There was loads Jeez, of TV oh. series, and uh-huh. everything came to us. It was a proper STV with a separate building. Yeah, it was STV drama. So uh-huh. there'd be the main building up where the Herald is now, and that would be the Herald News and Times next door to it. And then down there would be the rehearsal rooms. It came to uh-huh. car park, and that's what would all be going on. So there'd be stuff. I mean, it was it was a proper Absolutely. TV station Absolutely, that aye. rivaled anything the BBC were doing at the time. Well, I, I would have thought so. Aye, it's all gone now. A woman said to me uh, at dinner. In, in uh, uh, the Hilton, ten or twelve years ago, um, Mr. Cameron, she says, "See, when you were on uh, High Living, I says, no High Road," and she said, "No High Living, the, the High Flats." Yeah, yeah. I says, "No, no, me." I says, "I was not High." I said, "Kidding? No, I was not." I said, "I was on High." No, you weren't. <laughs> one, you know, one of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I said, no, I wasn't. No, you weren't. I was your agent. Yes, you were. <laughs> yes, you were. You were married to Ella. It was wee, I think his name was Jackson. Wee sort of tubby guy. Right. He was a comic, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and I said, no, it just shows you how to, the, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aye. Although, interesting, with that high living, do you know the back of the sets we had? Mm-hmm. Some of the sets had high living written in the back oh, of it. Oh, aye, They actually reused these. Sets, Some of the guys had, who worked in High Road had actually that's worked right, in High that's Road. Right, McCallum was there. Ah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, she was lovely. They, yeah, they, absolutely. Uh, and and uh, Gwyneth and yeah, ah, yeah, yeah. What's her name? Oh, Mary Riggins. Oh, Riggins she was, was great. a character. I went off and did Panto with Mary as well. She's wonderful. Aye, Alan, great, good actor. <laughs> they were good, but it was good because there was these wonderful older Scottish actors that were really well known and yeah. have been doing these characters for twenty five years. And we came into it as well. And then there was us, yeah. like the new ones and yeah. the comedy, and it was it just it really the, the worked. And what, what I think about it and what's missed is there was then Mark of the Glen. There's yeah. been other sort of shows that were set in. There's nothing now for country people that live. No, in the Highlands, Emmerdale is the only thing that's lasted to show country mm. life, and that's become Absolutely. almost like another city the, aye, thing aye. as well. At yeah. least, at least the village uh-huh. still is in every other episode. I remember uh, Richard Greenwood. Yeah, Richard. Yeah, lovely Richard. We were in the dressing room <laughs> one day, and Eileen yeah. McCallum had done something like three or four months with the RSC, RSC right? right? Yeah, uh, and I come in. <laughs> Richard was sitting, and that Ian Andrews and you were sitting. <laughs> I'm trying to remember who else. Alec, old Alec, what was his oh, name? Oh, God, Heggy. Heggy, Alec Heggy. We were sitting, uh, and I come in, I'd, I'd got coffee or something, I can't remember. Anyway, I sat down, uh, and what, what are you doing when this is finished? Somebody said, I said, I, I've, got a, I've got two nights with the RSC, and I'll never forget Alec Heggy. He went, eh? <laughs> I said, two nights with the RSC. And he said, the Royal Shades. I said, no, the Rangers support us. <laughs> <laughs> pay attention. I said, do I? <laughs> he was some man. Oh, was Did crazy. you do a live show in the pavilion? No, no. I, 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 I don't think Ian's ever forgiven me. I think I've, I've never worked at the pavilion <laughs> since. Is that right? Because they had us doing a song and dance thing, and I went, I don't nah. fucking do this. Nah. No. So I, I, I created a stink because I think he put me on a poster. Oh, did he? <laughs> it's, it's gone beyond the. the, 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 the I <laughs> put a moustache. <laughs> Five stars, the herald across me. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, oh, but it was just another. 
Great. Well, you've done a pantos. You just don't yeah, do oh, pantos. Pantos, magic. I did yeah. thirty pantos. Yeah. Uh, most of them in the pavilion, uh, and it was a war. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, One of my terrifying childhood memories was coming to see you, mm-hmm. Panto, right. and it was the same as you had the photo you had earlier on, right. uh, and you had <laughs> a half Celtic, half Rangers. That's right. Aye. But before you came out. Fucking skeletons came running through the audience. I see. Glow in the dark skies. I jumped onto my mother and I, I was going across. <laughs> Rose trying to get away. Fucking Jesus. Pulled back for Andy Cameron to come on the stage. And I have Celtic have. And he turned that way and get booed. And that way and get cheered. That's it. It's like a suit, yeah. But that, um, Dean Park played my mother, uh-huh. right? I, I'm Daff Wally. And I'm up the stairs in the house, uh-huh. right? You know, this is a, a set. Yeah. So at the bottom, because the pavilion's got a rake yeah, right, from yeah. back to front, so they've got wedges in, right? It's quite a rake as well, yeah. Next thing, <laughs> one out, and the start's good, and I'm oh. shouting, Mommy, didn't he tell me we're moving house? <laughs> <laughs> the, the stage hands out, make, make sure it doesn't get to the pit. Uh, the, the first time I ever worked at pavilion, <laughs> a tribute to Lex McLean, right? Uh-huh. And this, Billy Dunlop, they called him Billy Die Die, right? Mm-hmm. And I never, why do they call him Billy Dye Dye? says, watch him at the bank call, you know. Right. He'll say to the lasses, no, you don't do that. It goes, die, 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 dilly, die. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, he says to me, uh, you'll enjoy, called everybody Mr. or Miss, yeah. uh, Mr. Cameron, we've got a, a cyclist, um, a trick cyclist from yeah. Brazil, uh, a Chile. He says, and he arrives in Heathrow this morning. Uh, he'll miss the bank call, but he'll be fine, right? Nobody tell him there's a rake on the foot. He comes out on a, a unicycle, right? He <laughs> lands right, <laughs> lands right on top of Ron Flowers the orchestra, right? And that was the night I discovered Ron Flowers in a wig. Because <laughs> the cyclist got up, the freaking wig was looking that way and he was looking straight forward, you know? Oh, some of the nights you had in there. I, I, I'll never forget this. Uh, 10 o'clock uh, in the morning, matinee. And, uh, uh, you know, you come up, one school, St. Patrick's Primary from Port Glasgow, right? They're all beautiful. The kids who cords and ties, all smart as any, we wash faces and all that, brilliant. And you go in the first two rows there, they've yeah. never been to a pantomime before. It's like that. Yeah. Can't believe the lights and all that sort of stuff. Next three, four rows, they've been the year before. They're yeah. a sweetie, you know. Yeah. No, the, the back four or five rows, I know the 11 and 12 year olds that are going to the big school. They're the cool kids. Then we got a fag. Yeah. You know, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, that, let's just go, Shay. Me, me. At the end, I had to get two volunteers up, right? Uh-huh. So they had usherettes for this side, a lassie for that side, a boy, right? So I need two helpers. Fucking charge. <laughs> lassie comes up in the boat. As soon as I see them, it's a brother and a sister, yeah. obviously, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's. Uh, she's fucking all right by the way. She's telling me about a stage so uh-huh. she's got that out of the light. And I went, What's your name? Patrick. Well, I says, Is it your school then? St. Patrick's. <laughs> aye, aye, it's my school, you know. It's uh, all that sister. I says, Is that your sister? Aye. Aye, that's my sister. I says, Look, I'll go and speak to her. I think she's a wee bit frightened. All right, all right. I said, You wave to your partner. Right, I go, Well, what's your name? Angela. I says, are you enjoying the, the pantomime? Yes, I am. I says, how old are you, Angela? She says, I'm six. Boom, boy. Ah, she fucked. She's only five. She's only 60 next Tuesday. The fucking teacher's coming out the walls. Down here, get him down here. Oh, for, for, for. Uh, 
It's the matinee. It's the 10 o'clock. Aye, 10 o'clock in the morning. Especially because the pavilion runs for so long as well. The panther's running, running, running. Aye, well, doing well, the, the first matinee. panel I did, Simon, yeah. finished in the middle of February. Yeah, yeah longest running panther in Europe it was. That was Jesus Christ. The matinees are hard. 10 o'clock matinees are hard. Oh, but the three wow. show days are hard <laughs> as well. Hey. You don't know what you're doing. Because you think you've done it. As soon as you see it, you're going, I've just had that sort of thing for that. <laughs> Remember Anne Downey? Yeah, of course. Well, yeah, Anne yeah. Downey's lovely lady. And I met her just a couple of years ago. Anne, actually, aye. in a supermarket. So, yeah. Anne Downey's father came from Donegal, a real right. uh, Christian, devout Catholic site. 16 years of age. Uh, she's supposed to go to university. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, heading for the university. She said, I'm leaving school. What do you mean? No, I'm leaving school. I want to be an actor. I father threw it out. Is that right? <laughs> no doubt I mind going to be an actor. Mm. That, that's the way it was. It you know that's his. That was his uh, view on it, right? Anyway, finished up. She never uh, lost her father in like that, but she's a really really nice she lady. She's lovely. Yeah. Didn't yeah. know anything about football, but <laughs> anyway, but I'm up the stairs. Episodes as well. I'm up the stairs getting ready. I've got the radio on. Right, Rangers are playing Hamilton in the Scottish Cup. Uh, Adrian Sprout just uh, puts fucking one yeah. day out. We're out of the cup, right? So I come down the stairs and I've got to run on and get her. She's super grand. And I, I ran on, super grand, super grand, where are you? And she appears from behind the scene. She's got a fucking Rangers car <laughs> and a Rangers bonnet on, right? Oh, sorry, you'll never remember. You'll never believe us. We're out of the cup. <laughs> uh, I couldn't move. I couldn't remember. <laughs> the last thing you're laughing at. Exactly. Oh, oh <laughs> that pavilion's like that. I yeah. used to go, right, who? You know, you read all the parties. Uh, UCM, UCM uh -huh. Union of Catholic Mothers, where are you? <laughs> it's a bunch of, maybe five or six rows uh -huh. at the back. Right, okay. Any that are no uh, Catholic Mothers, come round the back, I'll see you after. <laughs> so, you know, and, and the other, where's the uh, uh, Garbreed Orange Lodge, where uh -huh. are you? And they were on the other side of the passage. Here we're here, like, you know. <laughs> Union of Catholic Mothers. And I said, yeah. right, stand up. Do you stand up? You turn right, you turn left, and, they and I went charge. <laughs> <laughs> you got away with murdering that pavilion. You know it was brilliant. Oh. I used to love it. Excellent. So you did how many years in a row? Twenty. I did thirty panels all together, but twenty-eight of them were in the pavilion. I, I, remember, oh. I did one in the Kings. Yeah. Uh, and there was a guy called Michael Kilgariff. Right. He was six feet eight, and he wore a big hat and he wore platform, you know, heel shoes. And I was staff wally and he was a baddie. And he, he threw me a book, gave me a doing. And he said to me, look, have you ever done anything like this? I says, no, I haven't, Michael. He says, relax. He says, it sounds daft. He says, but see if you could go to sleep standing up. He says, just sit. He says, now I'll throw you a book. He yeah. says, don't worry. He was brilliant. Absolutely yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Anyway, Matinee, my uh, wife sent me, uh, Elliot and Jennifer standing up. She's pregnant with Spencer at the time, right? Anyway, uh, he's including me a bit. And all the kids, and it was just, he must have timed it, you know. Silence. You leave my daddy alone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was four at the time. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Aye, but kids, uh, I, I mean, I, they used to talk about Stanley Baxter, mm -hmm. who a great uh, admirer of him. And I, I took the wings to see a part of him, and they fell asleep. Yeah, you know, it wasn't a part of it, was a mannequin parade for Stanley. Absolutely, but Ricky and Jack was a different story, different story you know? altogether as well. Because part of that was right. the dresses, part as well was the budget for the dresses and things as well. It yeah. became, became as, as important, right? The dresses became part of the show as, as the comedy Absolutely. was as well. So, Aye. it's a different type of that was superstar, Aye. panto type. 
You know, we're always thought the pavilion was yeah, it's, it's they're going to have a good time as soon as they walk in the door. Absolutely, and that's it. You know, whether they're fighting up in the bar upstairs or whatever. Aye, aye, great, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> we'll have to tell some stories off air, I think, as well. <laughs> oh, but, I but yeah, oh, right, um, listen, what we do, Andy, is we we team up with a, a charity partner uh -huh. for each season we do these, and um, this season one's called Back On Side, and I'm just going to read a little bit of information about them. Um, so it's here in the UK, one in four people will experience a mental health illness each year. Mental health includes a person's emotional, psychological and social well-being. An obvious widespread problem, yet it is estimated that only a quarter of sufferers receive ongoing treatment, leaving the majority of the UK population tackling these debilitating issues on their own. Here at Back On Side, we have recognised this ongoing dilemma and are determined to rebuild a society where no young person or adult is left tackling mental health problems alone. So that's at Back On Side on Twitter. So if you're out there, then please follow them, support them, donate to them if you can. But what we also do with the podcast is we create a, a we've got a website, and for each show, we do a web page for the show, and it will contain Aye. the cuttings from the right, magazine, okay. any links to videos and things like right. that. We do. Uh -huh. Basically, you can listen to this and go through the, the website and follow it at the same time as well. But what we also do on the, the website is there's a, a donate button. And if you for each pound that you donate, 50% will go to the charity and 50% will go to the, the podcast. But what uh -huh. we do is for each pound, it's essentially getting a, a raffle ticket. And mm -hmm. we'll, we'll get you to sign one of these at the end. And Aye, we sure. will we'll basically create a sure. goodie bag for people. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. for everybody who donates, we'll draw the raffle and you'll get a goodie bag, which will include the original magazine, the sure. same magazine, and we'll throw some other things in as okay. well. Hopefully so, you signing it won't put too many people off. So no, we should be, no, be all right with that. And I, by the way, I joined all right. We'll put that in. I'll set away for it. We got there. <laughs> so I'd just like to also say a special thanks, as we do, to Pete Wiley of the Mighty Wah for the use of the story of the blues and the music for our show. Although this week we may be putting... Um, Oh, there might and be a wee change. A wee different song on there. Um, so you can catch up with Pete on www.petewiley.co.uk where you can check out the details of upcoming gigs and music, new music. And lastly, we'd also like to thank a producer, Diane Jarden, for her ongoing and great work supporting the podcast. Please check out www.transmissionroom.co.uk where you can book music recording and rehearsal facilities in Clybank. So on that, is a what what is it you're up to at the moment? No, I mean I, I'm I'm going to be eighty this year, so um, I, I really I've enjoyed it. You know, yeah. I'm not going out looking for. I do after dinners, yeah. occasional after dinners, and uh, that's about it. Really, I've got a son who lives in Dubai, another one lives in Mallorca, mm -hmm. and uh, Norman and I will get there in November to Dubai when the weather's just lovely. Yeah, and Mallorca we can go anytime really, but. It's just, it's just been a grander, really. Yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying life. Uh, as long as you're vertical, just carry on. You know? <laughs> what about yourself, yeah. Simon? Uh, I've just done a wee film up in the Highlands, and I was gonna, I've just this this week I've done a commercial actually. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you back down south. Yeah, 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 down London. Yeah, he, so he's uh, you were former Arsenal players. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was Theo Walcott, I think. But it's interesting the house we were shooting in. That's where all the young players go to. Mm -hmm. So London Colony, I think we used to play football. When I was at uh, the Universities League, um, we played in London. 
the, one of the away games would be against London Colney, which is where Watford and Arsenal have their training academies. Right. Fabulous pitches up, in, uh. up in, the, in Enfield, you know. So this house locally is where the players are all put up. So uh. it's, it's, it's the old-fashioned dig system. Yeah. Uh. So these players come from all over England and this family look after them and kind of bring them up. So yeah. everywhere you go in the house, there's football jerseys signed from all these players. Right. Their uh. first England jersey and their first senior yeah. Arsenal jersey and they're all up. It's like a little museum. Maybe. Absolutely. It's fascinating. And it's like, couldn't have done any of this without you and all that. Mm -hmm. just, just really, really nice. And to this day, they're still doing it, you know. Excellent. I don't want to publicise that too much in case people go, right, that's where all the young Arsenal <laughs> players live. You know? yeah. What about yourself, Tom? What's happening? Uh, nothing at the moment. Okay, I'm on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on that bombshell. <laughs> what do you do, Tom? Uh, well, well, I run a wee theatre company. All right. We've got a show this evening, but obviously this will not be going so, out. Yes, yeah, no, it's figuring out when this goes out. That's the thing, it's figuring out when this yeah, goes out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well... <laughs> do, you want to, do you want me to tell you right now? <laughs> I don't know the answer. I want some details, man. I want details. Because we're, we're going to put out... And this is, I mean, this can go in the podcast now, but we're going to put out the third Lanark. Oh, yeah. But soon, yeah, so yeah. You, when you and Stephen That's spoke right. about the third Lanark, so we'll put yeah, that as a special. Was it really? Aye. We're about to record another special third Lanark. Aye. 1935, I'm going to London. Got a job in the buses as a labourer with grease monkeys, you know, the right. dead on the mechanics that. And he said to the guy, um, what team is it that, or comics, have a go at, you know? Oh, I said Chelsea, mate, they're hopeless, you know. Yeah. Old man was a Chelsea supporter for then on it. I had a programme, I wish I still had it. Uh -huh. uh, and it was the year that Chelsea won the league for the first time, 1955. And there was a, a centre-forward called Roy Bentley. Mm -hmm. And his picture was in front of it, and he'd signed it. My dad got it signed and sent it up to me. And he got, Earth uh, Stewart had got one. And my other brother, who's now gone, Ian, he was an Arsenal supporter, you know. Uh, and... Amazing. I oh hi hi, that was his team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to go there, used to walk it for Oregon, uh, about seven or eight years, mm -hmm. with big pack sheets, bags, and collect all the bottles. Is that right? Four pram wheels, right? And then uh, they, they built Tory Glen, right? Yeah. And all the bad boys for the Gorbals come up with them and used to rob us. Yeah. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but I remember going to uh, Sir Lanark, would be playing the Clyde maybe, mm -hmm. Rangers by Aberdeen, so my Uncle Joe wouldn't take me. So it was, it was just, that was Fitma. Yeah. He yeah. went to Hamden, 30, 35,000, Queen's Park yeah, playing yeah. Rangers. It's, or whatever. It's away games. Aye. Away games, that was exactly it. That, that's where you went. You would go to your local, which was Aye. Third Lanark and Queen's Park at the time, you know. You went to Shawfield. And Shawfield, Shawfield of yeah. We had Shawfield, Cathkin and, and Hamden, and all, all within walking distance, really. Aye, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh -huh. And uh, I mean, that was when they had walking boots. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, no slippers, different yeah, altogether. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember yeah. the ground quite clearly? Cathkin, why? The stand mm -hmm. was, as you approached it, the stand, and then you looked up to where the high flats are now. That's right. Uh -huh. Aye, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was in the Bob Cramps, he lived in the street, Myrtle, That's right. Myrtle, Myrtle Park. Park yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he lived in there. And I mean, it just, when you're a wee boy, Wherever you live as a wee boy, whatever school you go to, yeah. you've got ambitions. You want to be John Wayne or you want to be Wally Thornton mm. or Charlie Tolly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's humour. And that that's my big one of my great regrets about sport, even. A lot of the humour's going away. I remember I'd be, what, 14 or 15, my Uncle Joe coming in, who actually took me to the football. Mm -hmm. He went, you seen that? Now, nowadays, you take a photo with your mobile, but... He come in, 
a pedigree paper shop, and Uncle Jim says, what, what is it? The Pope had died, Pope Pius XII had mm -hmm. died, right? And then the white smoke had come out of the chimney, so there's a new Pope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And on the, the, the things outside, it says, new Pope chosen. And the next one says, Tully to leave Celtic. <laughs> 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 and I just thought, uh, even that as a 14 years of age or whatever age I was, I remember laughing at that, you know. And I think that, yeah. that to me is the old film, the humour. Absolutely. Right? There's a guy who used to get into the Montreux Gym, Collins yeah. Pub, which is obviously a Celtic show. It's a I great bar. I used to get it uh, Friday at lunchtime uh, and serve, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just for the laughing, funny. And this guy, oh, they call him the Teletext, Tim. Uh, <laughs> Oh, what's his name again? I can I could never remember. His I think name. any name is going to be a disappointment after the tele <laughs> <Tim. laughs> He loves his brother. His brother's a member, and so is he yeah. at Caskin Braves. Um, doesn't matter. Anyway, Jamie, uh, and his second name will come. Anyway, real quick, you know, yeah. And uh, Brick McLeish got a job at Rangers, and we won two. We won the League Cup and the Scottish Cup. And I, I get into the pub maybe about three weeks after the, the season's finished. And Jamie's stoning. I hadn't seen him for ages. He says, Andrew, how are you? I says, I'm all right, Jamie. Yourself? Aye, I'm fine. He'd be happy. I says, I'm happy with my team. I says, you robbed us of the treble. You know, he says, I in fucking September. <laughs> 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 you know? Quick. Oh, Quick. Yeah, I, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah. And it, I don't know you. It's sometimes, and that is losing a bit from the, the game just now. But part of it also is the players not been as... As approachable That's things right. as well. Absolutely. And it's, it's I, I did the, the. I did the. We can take these after me, eh? Well, I've not finished. Well, <laughs> right. I, I did the um, the interviews during mm. the lounges that yeah. I was up to just last year there. And I've got to tell you, some of them, I don't know how they get through school. You know what I mean? Jo Josh Windass, right? right? I said, so you have a set meal before a game? Mm. Is it. A heavy meal. Or not, not a difficult question. Not, but, uh, not a difficult he question. He says, oh, he says, well, he says, most of the players uh, have uh, eggs and that. He says, I don't like eggs. He says, I just have an omelette. <laughs> 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 we, we boy, it's at Swansea and we Barry Mackay. Uh -huh. right? Doing an interview at the end of the game. Meet him in the foyer at Ibrox looking up the stairs, the marble staircase. What is this, Andy? I said, it's an interview, I says. Mm. He says, I need to speak. <laughs> so see if we can get through it. The other one, who's... Your heart sinks, doesn't it? Aye, <laughs> who's a star at Sheffield United, John Fleck. Mm. Great season. Uh, Burn, Rangers burned supper. He was in the youth at the time, right? So they've got the youth players and a table. The place is empty. I went, and I was hosting it. And I went out and I said, can we get his Coca-Cola or something? Yeah, aye, okay. John Fleck says... What is this tonight? It's a bird supper. What's that? This is Robert Burns, the National Bard, wrote all these great poems and songs and that. No, no, never heard them. He says, that's just, it's a big paint up the back of the tap. I says, that's him there. I says, is he coming? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> right, I'm not, I'm not on that bombshell. I'm not on that bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so, so listen, uh, thank you for everybody who listens to the podcast, follows us and gives us some feedback. Um, please continue to do so. Download the podcast, share it amongst your friends. Um, so until then, it's 
thank you from me. Um, thanks to Tom thank for being you. Tom. Thank you for joining us this Good week, Simon. Yep. And of course, again, thank you, Andy, for, for joining us. It's been Pleasure. an absolute joy. So until the next time, let's shoot the breeze. When we win the World Cup But Scotland are the greatest football team I've heard they said that Beckham the best that's ever been Some people think that Pele is the greatest that they've seen They're probably more enchanted, they're England's famous too But Ali Stark and Army love the boys in Scotland Blue We're on the march with Ali's Army We're going to the Argentine and we'll really shake them up when we win the World Cup. For Scotland are the greatest football team. Easy. When it comes to managers, we surely got the champ. When Doherty and Norman went to join another camp, we had to get a man who could make all Scotland proud. He's Er Muhammad Ali, he's Alistair McLeod. Hey, we're on the match with Ali's army. Yes, Scotland are the greatest.